This is Stats Over Politics. As always, I'm your host, Sean Holko, alongside my guys, Javon Toddy, Gary Singh. Kevin Dent is at a Kings and Trailblazers game tonight up in the Pacific Northwest, so he won't be joining us, but he'll be back again on Friday. Guys, we are already at episode number 17, first official time going live on Instagram, so we appreciate those of you who might be tuning in on Instagram right brick now. Brick by brick building here. Let's go. Building brick by brick. And Gary, <laughs> you, you got your black and yellow on today. You must be feeling good. Uh, how was your holidays? My holidays was great, man. Just relaxed in Sacramento with the family, you know, presents and food and just watching, chilling, watching movies and things of that nature. It was pretty good weather this weekend, not too rainy and stuff like that. So I had a good time. And yeah, I can be happy with my Steelers winning. So that's good. You know, we can look at it both ways. But we're going to be positive on this on this Tuesday. I was about to say Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, we're, we're switching it up this week. We're here on a Tuesday night because yesterday was Christmas. And so we all wanted to spend it with our families. But as Javon and Kevin say, uh, we got to bring the people the content. And so here we are back on mm-hmm. a Tuesday. Toddy, how was your holidays? Ravens ruined Christmas. <laughs> um, no, I had a good time. I uh, got a lot of stuff for the baby. Um, got these new headphones. Shout out to my Dukes. Got these new headphones. They're called uh, Alpha. Shout out, Mama. So whatever. Uh, yeah. Shout out to T. Shout out to T. She got the headphones. But um, yeah, you know, got to got to you know travel different houses. You know, when you got a split family, you're going to different houses. So, uh, baby got a lot of stuff. It was like a second baby shower for the most part, but uh, for real, it was for pretty real good. Man. Got some uh, got some chocolates. Got uh, what I get? I got uh, oh, I got the sweater. Brother Frank got me the sweater for Christmas, so that was pretty cool. Uh, got a little bit of cash. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when you're starting to get, when you get older, you you know, you really don't get a chance. You don't to, get shit. <laughs> you don't know, you know, really intend to, uh, to really get what you want, but, um, you know, it's part of, that's what it comes with being an adult, but uh, now it's pretty much every Christmas is going to, the baby's getting whatever he wants, so. Vaughn, just take it how I take it, man. You ain't get no gift, you ain't got to get no one else a gift, bro. Basically, <laughs> not the little ones, but not, I'm like, yeah. it's all good. I don't, you don't give me one, I get you one, we use that money for something else, man. Well, most definitely. And, you know, as Toddy said, the, the Ravens ruined Christmas, at least for us 49ers fans. For others around the country, the Ravens might have made their Christmas because, you know, when when you're at the top, everyone's rooting against you. And I get that. It is what it is. Um, my favorite present that I got from this holiday season is, is my new hat that I'm rocking. My mom just so happened to get me a Christian McCaffrey hat, which I did that not expect. Good. I have never seen... I mean, is is basically like football's Jordan out there? At, 
Yeah, I mean, they call him the great white. They call him the great white hope. I know. Yes, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, Gary. Uh, but but anyways, yeah, it, it's a Christian McCaffrey hat is what my mom got me. Um, one of the presents that she got me for Christmas. And so for that, I am grateful. I had to rock it today. Um, you know, Toddy and I, just like Gary and, and Kevin with their teams, we're going to continue to rock with our squads, win or lose. And uh, Toddy, our, our squad lost yesterday for the first time in a while. As the Ravens beat the 49ers on Christmas in Santa Clara on Monday Night Football. As the Ravens won 33-19, to but even that two-score differential, Javon, it definitely seemed more lopsided, at least in my opinion, than a two-score game. But overall, just what, what were your thoughts on this one, Javon? Well, you know, the game at one point was 5 to nothing. So that should tell you a little bit on how weird it was. Uh, you got Lam- the the ref is tripping Lamar over in the end zone, which was insane. I think it's a weird rule that the ref is a part of the field. That makes no sense to me. Like if you were to throw the ball and it bounced off the ref, it would just be incomplete. Like <laughs> get out of the way, dude. Like you're another human being on the field who was not padded, and it's just like you know unfortunate things like that. And that's me coming from a Niners fan. Um, Pretty much start the game off. We um, we stopped them on the first drive, and we kind of just drove down the field. And then the interceptions started to come. Um, first interception, first of four from Brock Purdy. Um, we had five total interceptions because our boy Sammy D came off the bench and threw us one. Um, In the end zone. Kyle Hamilton has has to be up there one of the best safeties in the league. Unfortunately, I think he's looking like he may or may not be out. For a while with the yeah. injury, I don't know how serious it was exactly, but um, Purdy just left throwing it to Kyle Hamilton for some reason, even though he was wearing all white. Uh, the first interception was really bad. We had a pick where it got tipped. He had another. He basically had two tip picks and then two like, what the fuck are you doing? The first, um, the first one was the the worst one. Yeah, the first one was definitely the worst one. Um, that being, um, we could have turned it into points. Um, you know, this was kind of the game that Purdy would have cemented his MVP status if he would have beaten Lamar Jackson, even though Purdy's numbers are significantly better still than Lamar. Um, I kind of take it as the same as when Dak Prescott was the favorite for MVP. And then the next week he played against Josh Allen and basically laid an egg. Um, this was pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, Lamar was definitely the better player. I think he threw for. 252 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He was running all over the place. Um, he's the modern-day Michael Vick, and um, mm. he's the favorite to win the MVP currently. Um, Lamar, I, I, a lot of people are going to say that I was wrong. I was, I was basically right from the standpoint of um, when we went all the way back to who is your favorite or who is the best team in the AFC? And everyone was saying, it's Mahomes, baby go, this, that, and third. They look like shit right now. And I was the only person that stood stood tall and said, hey, I think the Ravens are probably the best team in the league currently right now, or the best team in the AFC, arguably the league. I'm um, just giving what oh, Lamar Jackson has. Um, just, you know, the weapons that he has around him. You know, there's Odell. There's uh, the emergence of Isaiah Likely, um, who a lot of people have apparently picked up in fantasy over the past couple of weeks. So they awesome. sure have. Um, Isaiah Likely is out there running around. You got Odell Beckham Jr. out Obviously, Zay Flowers, um, sneaky rookie of the year candidate. Not sure he was going to win, but he should probably be 
one of the finalists um, due to his numbers. Um, and Rashawn Bateman was kind of making a lot of, you know, slant patterns that were kind of going for like 20, 30 yards at a time. Um, Wilkes and the defense, I thought, could have picked up on the screen passes a little bit earlier in the game. Like they were running a shit ton of screen passes because we were playing super soft coverage. Um, I don't know why I felt like we could have ran a little bit of bump and run. I don't see why we we can't be able to run bump and run. Um, just given all, I'm, I'm pretty confident in our DBs to be able to play bump and run with the Ravens um, receivers. You know, Del Beckham and uh, Zay Flowers, those are kind of their main targets. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we kind of got shredded. Uh, I think the threat of Lamar being able to run kind of like – struck fear into us, us mm-hmm. because he was kind of able to, you know, he, he had that, that huge run um, in the second half. But, I mean, just the threat of him being able to run at any given moment was kind of what the Niners were worried about. And I feel like those coverages may have, you know, hurt us more than helped us. Um, you know, I thought the pass rush could have been a little bit better, um, even though we had some injuries on the D-line. Um, but pretty much to kind of sum it up, that Ravens, handed our ass to us on Monday Night Football, Christmas. Um, there's not really – I don't really have any excuses about anything. Um, it was an ass-kicking pretty much the entire game. Um, I get, you know, Brock Purdy kind of went out. Trent Williams did go out in this game too. Didn't – I don't know if he was – it was as, <clears throat> it was as bad as it may have seemed because after the game he said he was going to be okay. So I'll take that for whatever it's worth. Um, but, I mean, we saw Brock Purdy go out, but he kind of just, hey, we're going to keep you here on the sideline. He probably could have ended up coming back in the game. But um, good old Sammy D, he, he led a touchdown drive. And, he looked um, good, Sammy D. He, he, looked, he, he looked all right. Um, they were playing soft coverage, yeah. y'all. Come on now. It was all the way back. Little um, stat pad. We had, way. A, we, had a, we had a chance, some sort of like a shot in hell to um, at the end. When Christmas we were down miracle. Court. Yeah, we are down 14. Um, had a chance to go down seven um, to end up to end up kicking the ball back to the Ravens um, with three timeouts and kind of just seeing where that would go. And then I think out of the timeout, Sam Darnold takes a sack. Like a, the worst, mm. like the worst possible thing to, that could have happened is Darnold take a sack there and he ends up taking a sack and then you know ultimately throws a pick at the end of the game. So, um, you know, Purdy has to be able to see the field better. A lot of people have to realize this is what season and a half, second full season of him playing. So he's still got a Pretty little much. bit of ways to go. Um, he, I think he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, given off how he's played. Um, you know, getting a lot of chirp from a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Eagles fans, a little bit of chirp here and there. Let's just, I'm going to say this now. I get the Niners did lose. They're, they may not be the best team in the NFL, but they are for damn sure the best team in the NFC. Period. That's without a doubt. There's nothing to be in question about the NFC because the Niners run the NFC, and the the NFC will be ran through Levi Stadium. You guys will have to go through Levi's if you want to get to the Super Bowl because that the number the number one seed will belong to San Francisco 49ers. Well, Gary, your team is obviously on the other side in the AFC, and so just. Overall, what are your thoughts on uh, just your division rival, the Baltimore Ravens? 
handling the 49ers the way that they did, especially given the fact that your Steelers, who I'm never going to let you forget, your Steelers did lose to this Niners team, but your Steelers also beat this Ravens team. And so you have a unique perspective on this and just share, share how you felt about this game. Well, I feel like this weekend was a pretty good week for me, Sean. Not just guessing this game right, but also was just the uh, kind of you know when we were having a first in-person podcast. I know we didn't clip or anything; we didn't have time. But I was kind of predicting like, hey, if Lamar Jackson shows up versus you know, quote unquote, the best team right now last week, you know, and this revolving door as we can see in the NFL right now about who is the best team in the NFL because anyone could be anybody in. If you do the mathematics, it looks so weird. Like this team beat this team, but this team beat that team. Like you just mentioned, my Steelers, you guys killed us. The Niners beat the Steelers, whooped us week one, and we beat the Ravens. So, you know, you can all look at You can't really make A plus B doesn't really equal C in football as easy as that sounds. But I think taking from the Ravens' size, man, um, I think they've been quietly been killing people this whole year. I mean, they haven't been doing like crazy outstanding numbers. they just been doing – when does he get done in the best way they can, which is controlling the ball with a little bit of run and a little bit of pass. Like Lamar Jackson, just threat of running, as you can see at the end of the halftime, when he just turned that nothing into a field goal, at least at the end of half rush, you guys, which is crazy. I'm seeing people make and miss and like, you know, before back in the day, he would do that a lot more, but now I love to see how he just shutting people up left and right. Like there's people who want to keep disrespecting him every which way, which don't make no sense. The guy wins a Heisman in college wins uh, uh what an NFL is rookie year second year in the league already and been just getting better and better every single year and so we know as a Steelers fan who was basically scared of this man to be honest that was a guy who was really <laughs> yeah. praying and I thought he was gone at the end of last year and I remember I was talking to you guys on this podcast like I hope he's gone get him out of here obviously I wanted you to trade him to us but we know that wasn't gonna happen they would never do that to us because our you know our long 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 lasting rivalry and hatred between the Ravens and the Steelers obviously a lot of respect because of the both greatness of both teams and how they play. And so, man, when you got a guy at the helm like that, that you could be anybody. And, you know, my uncle was telling me on before the game started, he's like, oh, Saturday during the Cowboys game, you know, he's telling me, oh, now Uncle Manny, my other uncle, he was telling me, oh, they're going to – the Niners are going to beat the Ravens. I was like, uncle, I don't know if you know the stat, man. I think it's 18-1, 19-1 with basically playing – Lamar playing the uh, AFC – NFC, excuse me. And mm-hmm. that right there – I don't know if people know that's a big sample size, and that just shows you that you you have to play this man a few times. You have to see a lot of him. Your people on the field. Like, there's no one in the league you can replicate during practice or anything that looks like Lamar Jackson in this league. Like what he does uniquely. I know we got a lot of guys who run like Patrick Mahomes in clutch time. We got uh, you can just name a lot of other guys. You know Deshaun, not Deshaun Watson. I was thinking about the rookie this year, C.J. Stroud, who had literally good at running too as well. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that can move, and you know Josh Allen. There's also like a power guess quarterback you can say but the way he just evades traffic the swiftness easy and just still kill you down the field makes him just so great and hard to stop and you guys you can see with the and also I think the second thing I wanted to mention too before I left was this is the first time too I think I wouldn't say it's a blueprint to beat the Niners obviously we all know the Niners are great and the Niners could do many things and like Vaughn said they're still probably the best team on the NFC on their side still so they don't got to worry about the Ravens but if you play later. physical to their finesse, because you guys are a physical and finesse team, but if you match their physicality, then you can still beat the nine. That's the problem with the Cowboys. They play a little finesse and things of that nature, but they don't bring enough physicality. The Eagles beat you guys last year, even though you guys were hurt a little bit. They usually bring the physicality. In that last game you guys played, you guys, you know, they came out all black, 
and they dusted cleats off with them boys, and they got, got out of town. Simple like that. So you to beat the Niners, you really got to play a physical brand of football. And then after that, if you're a team that's good enough on every other area like uh, the Ravens are in terms of matching their offense, then you have a chance to beat this team. And, oh, yeah, I, man, I, you know, usually I leave this to Kevin to go, you know, in-depth and crazy on, on the Niners and talking more. So, you know, I'm just going surface level and talking other shit. You know, I want to touch the Ravens a little bit. But we got to talk about the man. The man, Mr. Purdy, a week ago was MVP, and that is gone away now, guys. I'm sorry to say it. And I know every, all, the, all the, my Niner fans and all these group chats I got, like, now you guys want to hate on them. All of a sudden, I seen this funny meme today that was like, <laughs> oh, all Brock, Brock, everyone usually supports uh, Brock Purdy's story. Like, it comes out usually, oh, guy, under draft pick, you know, mm-hmm, from I the bottom that. to the top. Yeah, and that, but some reason everyone hates him. Well, sorry guys, you know why everyone hates him? It's just like the Cowboy fans a little bit. They hate him because of you guys. Because y'all motherfuckers just be annoying. Like, oh, and no, he's the MVP. I know him here. He's just look at his numbers. Like when we all know and you knew your heart, he's a great quarterback. But this could happen with him. This could happen. And I don't want to hear like MVPs or great quarterbacks, top tier elite quarterbacks in this league. First of all, do it for a long time. You got to prove it more than one year. And I didn't say you can't win MVP this this one year. I was saying that last week he probably could win MVP, even though I did say also Lamar Jackson wins this war, which I push. I put money on it now. But, you know, it's week to week it changes. Lamar Jackson wins this week, boom, catapulted to MVP talk. You know what I'm saying? So this type of performance, obviously, I know last week we've seen uh, Dak Prescott, his bad performance, and knocked him down that ladder. And obviously, Purdy, with his horrible performance, knocked him off this ladder. And it shows that if you can cause some pressure, like Vaughn said, quoting the Niners fan himself, if you can make that man, Brock Purdy, see some ghosts, then, you know, you can get him to make mistakes and get mm-hmm. caught up. And when you get caught up, you know, it becomes kind of the pressure is not all on him to be great no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, the pressure, I'm excuse me, let me rephrase that. The pressure, when he's making mistakes, the pressure allows him to become more great. Now, can he live up to that? That's way to be seen. You know, he can still live up to that. I can't say he can't learn from this and come out next week and go on a deep playoff. Maybe you guys need this butt whooping right before the playoffs to tighten up last screws. Maybe this game was you. I'll take a positive for you, Sean. Maybe this game was you'd rather have this game in the regular season than in the playoffs. Uh-huh. But it does show that if you get that man to, you know, like I've been said, like dude, that was a crazy statue that's in the doing the broadcast about how uh, Sean McVay. I'm Sean McVay. Excuse me, uh, you guys. Is, I'm from beginning. I'm Kyle beginning Shanahan, zero and thirty-eight win down eight plus points. Yeah, you now, know. Oh, gonna... Now, oh, now zero oh, and thirty-nine. Hey, that was, was crazy, bro. You can't oh, lie. Only eight points. You can't come back from eight points. Like, and that's the that's under him. And you got to think all the quarterbacks that have been under him have all been mid, all been mid the whole time. And so you need a great quarterback to come out of behind, you know, these deficits. So as a Niners fan, yeah, I'd be happy because we're still a great team and things of nature. But I'd be nervous that a great if, – if they match us in everything and it comes down to greatness of the quarterback, I'd be a little nervous. It's like, you know, if y'all play Philadelphia again and they match everything and match the intensity and everything, it's going to come down to who's going to make a couple more plays and less mistakes, Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy. Again, that's why I took him that last matchup. I'm gonna take Jalen Hurts. So that's the only, you know, that's the question mark you guys well, been had. Wrong. You guys know you guys got it. Well, not really. He's one and one, and now I'm in prove it time in the playoffs. He's one and zero. Oh. So we're going to say, we're going to see right now. You like like Vaughn said, you guys got what you want. At least everyone has to come to Levi Stadium and go to Super Bowl through Levi. So that's a great circumstance to be in. And yeah, but butt whooping before uh, y'all just gave a couple butt whoopings probably doesn't feel good. 
Yeah, you know, uh, 49ers definitely still have to take care of business because this is the NFL after all. And even though we as 49ers fans feel that the Commanders, easy dub, uh, Rams, we own the Rams in the regular season at least. It's like nine in a row against the Rams, I believe, in the regular season, something like that, Um, or maybe eight. It's It's a big number. We know that the 49ers lost the 2021 NFC Championship game in LA against the Rams, but when it comes to regular season, the 49ers own the Rams, but they, they still got to win the games. And, you know, to finish my, my point about that stat. Yeah. The official stat was that the 49ers are now 0 and 39 when trailing by eight plus points in the fourth quarter under Kyle Shanahan, since he took over as the head coach in 2017. But Gary, you know, everyone wants to just look at a stat like that and just be like, Oh my God, that is terrible. He he can't lead a comeback, blah, 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 blah. But let's not forget all of those years, 2017, 2018, 2020, when the 49ers were dog shit. And yeah, they were probably trailing by eight plus points in the fourth quarter of all of those games. And that's how you rack it up to get to 0-38. Yeah, sure. There were plenty about of- About 15 uh, games. games, they've been good now. Come on now, Sean. He's been coaching there for a minute. They've been good for like knocking on the door for four or five years. Come on, eight points? Now, if they said 14, something like that, I'm like, all right, that's two touchdowns. You don't expect any comebacks now. Eight? It's a tud and an extra point. Going for a two-point conversion. So I don't know. Keep just, going. Keep going. Yeah, just to finish my diatribe on that is just that like that's where the that's where the losses were racked up, right? And the reason why they haven't had to have a comeback is because they're winning going into these fourth quarters or they're trailing by less than eight points. Yeah, the 49ers don't have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts who has on his resume the fact that he's led like five, 10 plus point fourth quarter comebacks. Like that's a fact, stats over politics. That's something Jalen Hurts has on his resume that all of the mid I wouldn't say Brock Purdy's mid. Everyone else, yeah, I guess that could qualify. But all the other mid 49ers quarterbacks, they don't have that on their resume. because lower than mid, my guy. Well, on the Raiders, he's lower than mid. But what he did on the 49ers, appropriately mid. Uh, But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, anyways, just – with with yesterday's game, you got you guys both said uh, a lot of it for me, and Toddy hit the nail on the head, and so did you, Gary. When you guys both just said like, "We got our asses kicked," we being the 49ers, got our asses kicked. And I always try to think of things with a glass half full rather than half empty. It was just how my mom raised me. Try to think of things positively, right? And as the first half is going on, and I'm just like, "This is awful." Like, Merry Christmas to us 49ers fans. We've been waiting for this all day long, and this is what we ended up with. Um, I was talking so much shit, too, the entire day. (laughs) Man, I know, right? And uh, So Brock Brock has that third interception, right? And then going into halftime, Brock has three interceptions, but I'm just thinking to myself, Brock has three interceptions, and the 49ers are down four points about to get the ball. But then yeah. they don't do anything with the ball when they start the third quarter. Boy, Ravens respond. Then another Bye. interception. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, <laughs> it, it, it was rough, you know. And the I just – spinning this in a positive way because, you know, Gary, that's something I did for you after the 49ers <laughs> stomped the shit <laughs> out of the Steelers don't. week one. You keep looking. Hey, I told you. It can't get worse. And it has we're only so, show that my team ain't in the hunt no more, barely in the hunt. We still gonna have them in a topic main show topic today. 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, the Steelers are coming up next. Real quick, uh, but, though, this is the main point right here, though. Like, you get humbled in the NFL, man. Everyone, Kev took humble pie this year. Y'all took a couple humbles. You know me. I've been taking humble pie all year. So yeah, every, everyone can get gotten in the NFL. Ain't no one riding high. I don't know what team in the NFL is riding high right now because everyone has got slapped at least one time this year. Yeah, so basically a couple of stats to kind of end this segment. Um, the Ravens or the Niners outgain the Ravens pass yards, 308 to 241. Um, the Niners have more rush yards than the Ravens, time, 121 to 102. Um, and basically, the total stats um, for yardage was 429 to four to 343. Um, Niners had 6.3 yards per play versus the Ravens had 5.4 yards per play. Um, the whopping stat that's kind of you know deciphering everything is the five interceptions <laughs> in this game. You throw five picks in a game. You're not going to win. So um, the Niners got to figure out a way to not turn the ball over. Because, like, when, when Purdy throws picks, Whose fault is this, Vaughn? Whose fault was this week? Oh, Brock Purdy. Oh, One million percent. Purdy. Yeah. I, oh, when Brock bad. Purdy throws picks, he's going to throw three plus. <laughs> or two, at least two plus. He's going to get. He's gonna give and you And then at least who's two the MVP picks. of the Niners? Mr. The guy on, uh, yeah, there you go, Sean. I've Mr. been McKenna. saying, but you, Gary, the no, one I oh, no, 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 I'm not talking. This is for other Niner fans. I know you haven't yeah, been saying this, Sean. This is for other Niner fans. Globally, because I have, Brock I, have stand, as the MVP. I have been standing on this desk screaming that Christian yeah, McCaffrey is the MVP of the 49ers, that he is the MVP of the league. I'll still say that. I mean, honestly, okay, all bias aside. Lamar Jackson should be and is the MVP frontrunner right now to win a second. But second, I'm still giving it to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is still up there. He's not going to win it because non-quarterbacks He's don't win it anymore. Hasn't yeah. exactly, Javon. It hasn't happened since 2012 when Adrian Peterson won it. And so it's unlikely. But if, if we're going to still pretend that the MVP award could go to a non-quarterback, this guy on my fucking hat. He's the one who deserves it still, oh, even after that loss. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, he he could get it. But, um, yeah, Gary, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just took that a little personally because, like, I, me and Toddy, neither no, of us know, sorry. have been the ones, like, screaming for Brock I don't know who Vaughn said. Who did you say MVP was last week, Vaughn? Did you say, did you say, did you say Purdy? Yeah. All right. Okay. Go, go for him. Vaughn, go man. for him, Gary. He well, I didn't say, numbers. I just wanted to make the sure that he, numbers back up that he's make sure that he not in the conversation. So if he wins next week, he's back in the conversation because I think it's, it's done. It's over with now. No, it's over can't, now. You can't hop back in now. Because he lost But you can even see this week. CMC showed that he's still got 100 yards. This year currently, it's like a down year. It's a down year for MVP as a whole because everybody wants to give it to Patrick Mahomes every year. Aaron Rodgers yep. is hurt. Joe Burrow is hurt. Josh Allen is having a down year. Trevor Lawrence sucks. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like it's it's a Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Like, there's a, all the guys that they want to give it to aren't having good years. So it's like, who the fuck are we gonna give it to? They were trying to give it to Dak, and the Dak showed you like, oh my god, like. <laughs> so, um, it's kind of just a down year for MVP because usually the guy that no one's been it, perfect. I'm like, it, yeah, they're they're throwing forty touchdowns. Like that's like a prerequisite damn near to throw and. The guy who I think Purdy has like what thirty three touchdowns currently right now, if I'm not mistaken, um, that's like a that's like a low for MVPs current. Like going back and pass for past MVPs, usually guys throw like forty plus touchdowns. 
Yeah, yeah, usually it's definitive, but this year, like you were saying, they, they kind of just want to give it to anyone at this point. It's like a revolving door. Um, and just someone to address take this your, thing. Yeah, right. I know someone someone literally needs to take it and be like, this is going to be mine. And Lamar Jackson honestly might have done that last night. Um, and Javon, you even quote tweeted um, something that Lamar Jackson said last night that I thought was yeah. pretty interesting as well. Did you want to touch on that before we moved on? Um, so are we talking about Florio? Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, I guess Mike Florio came on whatever his show is, like Pro Football Talk, I think. And yeah. uh, basically was talking about, you know, how he was basically like glazing the Niners, basically, and just saying like the Niners are this good. They're like they blow out good teams. And he was essentially saying that the Niners were going to blow out the Ravens. It's not going to be close. Like the Ravens shouldn't even show up or something like that. And then Lamar was like, hey. <laughs> he's like Florio, where you at? <laughs> and so in his his post game presser, he's basically taking shots at him, saying like, you know, he's like he's a grown man at the end of the day. He respects their opponents, and their opponents respect them. So, um, you know, had this on the hotline and didn't work out for it. <laughs> uh, by the way, hotline went five hundred last week, three and three. Oh yeah, um, will be better. By the way, um, but just. Even Marlon Humphrey, I saw him say he was kind of talking shit during the week, and um, uh, he was he was talking a, a shit ton of you know during the week, and he even mentioned in his post game press like we were five and a half point favorites. Now that I'm kind of looking at it, it was kind of weird that the best team in the AFC was was five like basically touchdown underdogs. Which was kind of weird. Yeah, that's um, a chunk. It's not like one and a half or anything. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I thought, it was, I thought it initially would have been like two and a half, three. You know, just based mm-hmm. off, just giving the Ravens a little bit more respect. But um, you know, Lamar didn't really take too kindly. Now, said so. Ravens the number one seed. Even you know, even going back, I think I said last week that there was a an odds maker saying that um, the Niners would be favored by five and a half against anybody in the league. That's anybody, even and we not, saw this not anymore. Yeah, so things change <laughs> very rapidly. Life comes at you fast, Gary. Did you want to say one last thing before we moved on to your squad? And earlier, I lied. I said that everyone gets slapped, and I'm not gonna lie. I just looked at Ravens real quick schedule. They haven't got slapped this year. They haven't got slapped one time. Literally, the biggest loss they had is funny to say. These were my Steelers by seven. The other two losses they had. They weren't even supposed to lose two. that game. That's a crazy. Indy by part. three. Exactly. I'm not mm-hmm. glad it wasn't, but you know, Ravens Steelers, anything can happen. I'm not gonna lie. No matter what year it is, to be honest. We lost by yeah. three and they lost by three another game, and they lost by I think like uh Indiana. I'm probably losing it right now. I forgot I can't find it right now. But yeah, so basically lost to basically all in all by like 14 <laughs> points all year. Like if you just go total total, you know. So that's still like that's some team actually that I had to say, you know, who haven't really t- took a beating so and which is you know. Tip a hat to them because you know why. Last year, they the last couple years they've been knocking, but they've been injured, and even this year they've been injured again. But they find a way to keep them, you know, at least being competitive and being every single game. And they got the right formula for the team. So you know, you got to give your tip of the hat to Mr. Harbaugh too over there because he's been running it for a long time. And I felt we always talk about Bill, we always talk about my guy too, Mike Tomlin. So you know, along the third part tenured coach in this league is probably Jim Harbaugh. So you got to give John. him some credit, John. I meant yeah. It's all good. Uh, as you guys are tuned in to episode number 70 of Stats Over Politics, Sean Hulk alongside Gary Singh, Javon Toddy, our guy Kevin Dent is holding down uh, the Sacramento Kings fans out in Portland tonight. And I just want to get to a couple of YouTube comments. And I found out, we, I mean, we, 
we go live on uh, on StreamYard every week, and and through that, we're we're live on X. We're live now for the first time on Instagram, as well as uh, on YouTube, obviously. And so, I just wanted to get to a couple of YouTube comments. But before we get to these YouTube comments, guys, I just wanted to say, if anyone is tuned in on X, feel free to comment too, because for the first time now, we can see your comments and we can highlight your comments from X, formerly known as Twitter, here on, on StreamYard. And you can do the same thing as Instagram too, or no? Uh, no, not Instagram yet, even though I do see Kevin and Alyssa on Instagram in the comments. Uh, Alyssa says, go Eagles. I didn't really want to read it, but I guess I'll read it. Uh, and, and Kevin <laughs> says, not stats over politics live on Instagram. Oh, yes, sir, we are. Uh, and so just to bring it back old school, getting back to our YouTube comments, shout out to Uncle Manny for always locking in with us. He says, time to get it started. He let us know. It's time for stats over politics. Have a great show. We appreciate you, Uncle Manny. And then Kevin says, Light the beam. Uh, unfortunately, he says, go Eagles. And uh, Uncle Manny wants Kevin to enjoy the game. Light the beam, Kings. And all right, Kaz. How we feeling? <laughs> uh, not good. Not good. It feels great. It feels nah. great, Kaz. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna overuse. I'm sorry, Kev. I ain't got the controls, man. We got the Niner fan have the controls. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin's not here to take over my producer powers. Uh. Anyways, uh, you know, we we just covered it pretty well. We we got our asses kicked, Kaz. That's that's how we're feeling. But you know, on to the next because Toddy, what was the main takeaway from yesterday's game? It's the fact that who still runs the NFC? The San Francisco 49ers. Mm, yeah, probably because they clip it, clip it, Cam. I want you to clip it. <laughs> and they probably still run the NFC because, uh, oh yeah, let's not forget the 49ers might have lost by 14 yesterday, but uh, the, oh yeah, they did beat the Cowboys by 32 points. Uh, and then, oh yeah, they did beat the Eagles by 23 points in Philly. Oh shit, go ahead, Gary. No, 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 keep going, go ahead. I was, this would be totally a side note. I just feel bad for one team just seeing it go across my timeline. I just feel so bad. Feel bad yeah. to Detroit fans and the Pistons, man. Lost another game. Sheesh, they had forty, God. and they Damn, lost. Bro. I'm like, can y'all get a win? Anyway, go, ahead. go go back to the Cowboys. Man, you know, and you know who's rotting away in in Detroit right now? None other <laughs> than MB3, Mr. Marvin Bagley the third. He thought he he thought he was upgrading leaving Sacramento. Now you know. Uh, anyways, was in too. Exactly, yeah. And we haven't seen anything from the Team Bagley Twitter account DMV. in a while, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and Mr. Bagley is a DMP when it comes to his ex-post now. Uh, anyways, moving on here on uh, episode number 70 of Stats Over Politics. Let's get to Gary's team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. who handled the Bengals and oh, yeah. Jake Browning. Shout out Jake Browning from Folsom High School. But this was probably the worst game of Jake Browning's NFL career. But, you know, it's going to happen, especially when – Jake Browning, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll save my thought, my analysis on this, and I'll, I'll throw it to Gary first. But, Gary, the Steelers beat the Bengals 34-11, to now 8-7. and seven. Mike Tomlin needs one more win to ensure another winning season. This guy just doesn't lose. He doesn't lose. Man, oh, man, you know, I came with my Steelers shirt. We're prideful. You know, I wear it in losses too, guys. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, I always rock with my Pittsburgh Steelers no matter what. And, you know, 
again, I could be like Sean. I could take a positive. I could take a negative. Obviously, we're eight and seven. We're in the hunt still. We're behind a f- quite a few teams to be honest, which a lot of teams are eight and seven right now in the AFC. But at least we're there in the hunt. Probably gonna need some help at the very end, as long as we handle our business. I think because I haven't got to look at the situations yet to be honest with you. So, but man, oh man, okay. Well, I ain't going to lie, when Sean sent the Rudolph, I was so weak when I did. I asked him, what's our third topic today? He sent the little red off the red-nosed reindeer, Rudolph, what is his name? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. And I was dying weeks. I'm like, man, we get to talk about the Steelers. That's crazy because I don't think we're going to talk about them. After last week, I was like, we ain't talking about them the rest of the year. It's all good. They'll be on the little quick hitters, and that's about it. <laughs> but, hey, what can you say, man? I'm just happy my team came out to fight and show some Steelers pride. Simple as that. I think if you're a Steelers fan, one thing you've been most frustrated with is, like, no matter how bad we are in any which way on the defense, offense, any part of the ball, special teams, I feel like no matter what, like, you can see all the past ex-Steelers uh, just preach that there's a Steelers way, and that's this hard-hitting and show up and every down, every rep type of football. And, you know – at least even if we've been bad, we've always done that and seen, you know, like our guy George Pickens, you know, not blocking things of that nature. Yeah, I know he told us to um, – he told Ono basically, you know, be quiet, whatever. He's not hearing the noise. But I love to see it because, yeah, we agree. We want you not to hear my noise, my boy. We don't want this to be any topics because then you got people – who are correct in my guy Shannon Sharp, uh, you know, talking about basically all the wide receivers that done disrespected us in our tenure as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And then it makes us look bad. It looks like makes to make Tom makes makes Mike Tomlin look bad. Like when but when you talk to any other player, you can probably talk to those guys themselves. They love Mike T. You know what I'm saying? The, all the players around him love him as a coach. No one's quote unquote getting tired of the message, getting tired of hearing his voices, his speeches, and you don't hear none of that from the locker room. So that's why I'm happy that narrative kind of got slapped and basically taken out this week because I know if then if they would have lost this week. That narrative probably would have been even more caught on fire and the flames would have been even more higher and trying to fire Mike Tomlin or does he need to leave us or things of that nature. Just that whole talk. And I know that probably could still come up again by the Pittsburgh Steelers fan. In my opinion, I know there's Pittsburgh Steelers fans that probably feel all different types of ways. But I do feel like that, you know, that we have more problems. You don't have our problem is not Mikey. Our problem is the offense. It's, it's, and it's not going to get fixed like our offensive interim offensive coordinator said when he first got hired. No one's changing, like, what do you think? The whole book, you think we're just going to throw out the whole offensive book and restart the whole thing? Like, no, you're just basically all that's going to happen is we're just going to change up a few things in terms of when are things going to get called, just switching up in that nature. And at the end of the day, no matter how, it's like a it's like a salad or whatever, I'll put a salad. No matter if all the ingredients in the salad are old or not looking right, you need a whole new ingredient. You make I need a whole new salad. And while me by saying that is that we need a whole new play, but we need to look like I said. I love like even though I hate the Niners in general because you guys, but in like Miami, you know those offenses that are just so intricate. And you can't say Chiefs that have magical just ways of you know obviously have magical players and they have great players to make the playbook great. Don't get me wrong, obviously, <laughs> but they also have the mastermind behind the offense who you can just see this make creative thing. At least things are creative. You know, something at the end of the day, just beat your man, go win one-on-one -on -one and be talented, you know, in your own right. But, you know, some part of the game comes down to setting up your guys for success. And we haven't been set up for success, and we got talented guys like George Pickens and things of that nature. So I'm happy to see this week, first play of the game, boom, by the band, catching for a big tud, walking to the end zone, give our, give our team some life because, you know, we ain't seen that too many times this year at all. So – 
seeing that being a big part of our offense, you know, us stepping up on defense, which we already know we've been through it, even though, again, Kev, I'm going back to week one when we called our offense, our defense, JV, and I've been saying it. It's not JV. It's a JV offense. So, again, you see it this week. We get three interceptions. We put the pressure on the sack time man himself and Browning, and uh, he has a bad game, even though I've been going for him lately because, obviously, he's from SAC, you know, Folsom, whatever you want to call it, from our area, and you want to see him do yeah. good representing us in the 916 and in uh, Northern California. But I'm happy to see him lose this week because it's to my Steelers, and we got to him. And, man, i seen at halftime because you know, I was at work during this time too, so I watched it all the whole game over and things of that nature again. I was watching like, – I wanted to watch the whole thing over again, but I did watch it, you know, parts by parts by parts during the game. And to see me out, we were up by 21, whatever, half. I was like, oh, shit, what is happening? What, what, what did we do? So, you know, I'm not going to say I believe in Mason Rudolph if that's what people want me to say. Um, no, I've seen this guy a lot of times. I'm just glad he showed up in his moment. He was ready. He's been – I feel bad for him, actually. He was cut brought back. Try to go find another team, couldn't find, came back to us, just been sitting in that back position, just getting ready. And you know, a couple years ago, he got thrown around by Miles Garrett with a helmet. Man, you know, after that incident, I didn't think he ever was gonna come back to our team again. But you know, you gotta give credit to a man who just sticks to it, you know, puts the work in, get ready for his number to get called, and you know, shows up when his name was called. You know, we don't know, obviously, we don't, I don't see him as a franchise quarterback, but man, oh man, thank you, Mr. Rudolph, for coming out, playing a great game, throwing. 290 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, being smart. We had finally had the offensive line giving some lanes to Najee to get uh, 78 yards. You know, Jalen Warren having the big explosive uh, plays to give us those big yards and inches. So, man, oh, man, I'm just happy to see my team hitting all cylinders and offense finally. You know, the defense could always put this type of performance up. And, yeah, the Bengals. They, I, this about time they come back down to earth after Joe, after Joe Burrow's gone. So, because they should really call it a wrap. Joe Burrow's not here. Where y'all really going, to be honest? But I guess y'all can win. They won three pride. in a row until this game. Yeah, can win some for some pride, but what's the point? You know, you're not going deep in the playoffs, but hey, I give them credit for getting it done. But at the end of the day, this is what happens when you don't have <laughs> Joe Burrow at the helm. You can get got. And obviously, my team, we don't got a guy at the helm, too, that's A1. So, we might get got, too, coming come forward here. And I will just interject real quickly before we get Toddy's thoughts on this, that they're not just missing Joe Burrow. They're also missing Jamar Chase, which is kind of a big deal. Toddy, what did you think about the Steelers beating the Bengals 34-11? But your guy, T. Higgins, showed up today at 5 for 140. How about that? Yeah, it was was great for me in my (laughs) consolation bracket of our Stats Over Politics (laughs) Fantasy Football League because I've been cooked like – I think my team in our stats over politics fantasy league, and we've already talked about the, the trade that Toddy and I made and how Toddy finessed me. I thought I, I thought it was the other way. Toddy ultimately finessed me, but uh, you know, I, I think I started like one and eight, and I'm like now I'm like six and ten. So my my team is cooking. It just took a little while. Um, I mean, just to go back to the game, I mean, I had the Bengals on the hotline minus two and a half. It didn't look good from the start. Mason Rudolph looked like Brett Favre out there. George Pickens looked like Randy Moss. <laughs> He went four for 195. Four for 195 and two touchdowns. So, I mean, 50% of his catches were touchdowns, which was insane. Um, you know, when George Pickens, every time he scored, you always go, every time he scores, he goes, you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also said that he kept receipts, apparently, on his, on his Instagram. So, um, so did John. I don't – We'll talk about a little we'll, – we'll talk about 12 uh, probably on the NBA show, maybe a little bit. Yeah, we'll see you guys Friday for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, Mason Rudolph, was it always Mason Rudolph all along? Should he have been playing this whole time that Kenny Pickett was out? I don't know. Um, 
Was Mitch Trubisky hurt or he just got benched, Gary? I'm not sure. Because I was assuming I was assuming Mitch was going to be playing, but they're like, we're turning the Mason Rudolph, and he goes 290 for two touchdowns. I mean, what more can you ask for? Najee had a solid game, 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, it was pretty much the George Pickens show, though. They couldn't stop him. <laughs> they could not stop him. He was the guy that um, you know most Steelers fans thought that he currently was. Um, would like to see Deontay Johnson get a little bit more involved. Have a, I mean, that could just be, you know, Mitch is the quarterback, Mason Rudolph. Um, but George Pickens was happy um, at the end of the day. Browning had, seems like he had empty stats, threw for 335, but he also had three picks. So, um, love Jake. I think Jake Browning's pretty good, but is he starting to turn into a frog a little bit? Maybe. Um, but what Steelers are eight and seven now, right, Gary? So I they're yeah. they're knocking on the, they're knocking on the door. Like Gary said, they gotta win out for the most part. But um not too sure where this Bengals team is. And you know, the Cleveland Browns are in the running for time to win the NFC North. Without led by Joe Flacco. Led by Joe Flacco. So this division is gonna shake up these next couple of weeks. So a lot to learn here. Before we do move on from the Steelers, uh, I, I'm unable to highlight the Instagram comments yet. New feature on Instagram Live here with Stats Over Politics. But I did just copy and paste it. So I, I, we got a question from um, a user on Instagram. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your ad name. At King Shaco underscore 16 says, question. Where do you guys rank the Steelers' defense right now? Gary, since you've been taking the slander about the JV defense since week one, <laughs> I'm going to start with you. Where do you rank the Steelers' defense right now? To be honest, it's hard to say because I bet you if you look at the numbers that we're not going to be that top ranked because we've got ran a couple times. So numbers-wise, you ain't gonna really, I don't think we would probably even be top five, top seven right now. Like, there's too many teams ahead of us. In terms of just having an overall resume Niners. in the whole season, yep, the Niners, the Ravens, you could put ahead of us. The Jets have had, you know, the New England Patriots too, obviously. The Browns. So I'm trying to think who else has had a good, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's Eagles. pretty much I would say. Eagles, yeah, no. Eagles too. So yeah, those right, those teams <laughs> right there, I would say, obviously are ahead of us right now. In terms of you know, if we had Why a balanced team, the Eagles? if we have a balanced team, I would say that we would are. Let's just say if we go defense for defense and player for player, I think our defense can match up with anybody, to be honest. Which I think we can stop anyone in this league if all the pressure is not on them to do everything, and basically, is, which is to be our offense too sometimes. So, I mean, you can go down the list of uh, pro bowlers. We got my Minka in the backfield. We got, you know, we got TJ in the front, Cam Hayward. We got a lot of guys, you know, who come after you and in the, in the backfield. So, I thought we are up there in terms of our defense, but. We got some things to still fix, King Shaco. We got a lot of things to fix. Toddy, where would you uh where do you rank the Steelers defense right now? I'd say like anywhere from fifteen to twenty. Like they're okay. I feel like they're AKA third. Gary Mid. They're, they're like third best. Like, in, in their division, they're third. Like I feel like Cleveland's defense is better. I feel like the Ravens defense is better and then I mean, the Bengals are, eh, they just gave a 34 to the Steelers. So I mean, Let's just say we got spurts where we did for top five for sure. <laughs> um, Congrats but, on your spurts. I mean, you guys, I think realistically your defense is two guys, Minka on the back end and T.J. Watt. Obviously, a, pretty much every year he's a defensive player of the year candidate. So I don't really – they're not – Kev said they're in JV defense. I, 
kind of still believe that. <laughs> even though, even though my cousin is my you cousin, see my is, guy is a linebacker. TJ Watt wrecked games. I think that's one guy though. And that guy, he he defense, make a defense. Play. <laughs> he's one guy. He like I, I just gave him his respect. I said he's literally, I literally, he's in the defensive player of the year. Um, I know you disrespect him. But him alone makes our defense hella good. That's what I'm trying to say. So, go ahead, go ahead. I don't, I don't really think their defense is that good, but it's good enough for the most part. They they get key stops. They get like timely stops. Yeah, sure the do. Steelers they have T.J. Watt. They have the player formerly known as Patrick Peterson, and they also have Michael Walker, and then sure everyone else. Oh yeah, so, you, oh, send me a jersey. Oh yeah, send me a jersey, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> And Uncle Manny, for me too. well, Gary, Uncle Manny says Steelers better beat the Seahawks because Ravens are next. The MVP will be going all out. And that's a great point by Uncle Manny. And then will, our guy Kaz will. says, all I know is I'm loving the way this season is turning out. Playoffs are going to be insane. Everyone's been exposed for their weakness. Like not, not a hypothetical question here, but genuinely. So everyone got slapped. Have the Ravens been exposed though? Because Gary mentioned earlier their biggest loss was to mm-hmm. the Steelers by seven points. So I, I would disagree with that point. That everyone in the NFC the has got everyone in the NFC has gotten exposed. But as far as now, the best team in the NFL being the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know if they've gotten exposed. Do either of you think that they've gotten exposed to this point? Oh really? I wouldn't say so. Like they've lost really close games. Most of the game, I think pretty much all the games that they lost, like they were winning. Like in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, that's why I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Fold. But they kind of just fold in the fourth. I think they can get exposed, is and they can lose if Lamar Jackson's not being great. Like, let's not get twisted here. If he's not playing great, he's not doing his things again. If any quarterback obviously throws many uh, picks, it would it's gonna make them lose. You know, like we mentioned earlier, you have turnovers that makes you lose the game. But obviously, if Lamar Jackson, let's say he's I'm not even throwing picks, but he's just not having a good game, it's gonna be pretty hard for him to win in terms of. He's just, he's just the engine. Like he needs to make sure that even if they're not doing good, he still needs to make a couple clutch plays for them to win. So if Lamar Jackson's hitting in any which way, it's pretty hard to see a weakness right now for this team. Yeah, and just to circle back real quickly to that Monday night football game, um, I was watching it with my mom and her boyfriend, and they both were just like on. Uh, and I'm thinking about that. I, I think it was in the second quarter. Javon, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Gary as well, uh, but. I think that one crazy run that Lamar went on where he cut up to the left and then cut back into the middle and was like evading defenders like it was End of the half one. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And uh, that play in particular, my mom and her boyfriend, both of their reactions was it's like, what are we doing? We're just letting him walk through. I'm like, okay, guys. I know it doesn't look good. But that's the greatness of Lamar Jackson. He won an MVP for a reason, um, and he is just that good. Oh, and that boy's going that fast. You play, think they ain't trying to stop him right there? Yeah. To, they see him coming. They just see him go, bye-bye. Yeah, and, and then and then my mom's boyfriend, Dave, he asked me, he was like, well, why isn't he doing that more? Usually with mobile quarterbacks, like you see them running a lot more than Lamar has been of late. And I said to him, well, he did that a lot more earlier in his career, dealt with a couple injuries, and realized that he needed to be more selective with it. And now – He's sitting back in the pocket, proving he can do that as well. But then he might decide, all right, play is breaking down. Time for me to be me. 
and we, we see the product of it. So there you go. As, as we move on here on episode number 70 of Stats Over Politics, Sean Holko alongside Gary Singh and Javon Toddy, our guy Kevin Dent will be back with us again on Friday as he plans to be lighting the beam in Portland tonight. Go ahead, Gary. Before we move on, I don't know if you're going to do this later on, Sean, but you can do it real quick before we go to the next topic. Miles, well shout out to, to the two people who are in the championship right now. Unk Manny made it to the championship and just super squad. I don't know. I forgot. I don't know. I can't. I don't know that's that's Julian. This. Julian oh, yeah. made, to the, <laughs> made to the championship. It's Unk Manny versus Julian. You know, Julian's number one all year. So, you know, he, he said, I've been here. He's been waiting for this all year. Uncle Manny okay. came from fifth place all the way down, so let's see. I know he was hyped up yesterday talking about it because he won our family league too. He's trying to go get two rings. It's big time from Unc because, you know, I ain't going to lie to you. Been, fancy ain't been his thing the last few years, so I know he's big happy. So, our number one fan right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and shout out to the birthday boy, Mr. Emmanuel Anderson, mm-hmm. who told all season long that his top three picks being wide receivers were going to lead him to a championship. Well, unfortunately, Manny, they are going to lead you to, at best, third place. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, oh, sh- exactly. Yeah, shout out to, shout out to Julian. It, shout out to Uncle Manny. Yeah, we look you know, dumb, man. Uh, none of us made it, guys. Sheesh. Hey, man, I wouldn't say that. Hey, y'all, fine for li- li- y'all fine for last place, man. She has looked at that. Nah, <laughs> nah, we're fighting for ninth. That, Gary, you just read my mind because I was going to say the matchup yeah. I'm really looking forward to this weekend is for ninth place between Javon and I. Um, well, my last one, technically? You actually, it looks like you actually have set your lineup because I knew that there was a couple weeks where you, you didn't She's set your I lineup. She said I might be last or my brother might be last. Somebody might be last. Uh, you know, I mean, we just gotta just go back one week real I quick. Think Jesse uh, is last. Yeah, Je- yeah, Jesse's last. Je- Jesse, uh, Jesse, yeah, Jesse got last. So, uh, it was Evan versus Jesse. That. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Let's let's not highlight that. All right, let let's keep it moving. I mean, he just Jesse wants uh, KD. He, he just wants KD to come to the Kings. That's it. All right. Well, well, there you go. I think we all want that. But Jesse, <laughs> don't blame me. Blame this guy who decided to shout out Uncle Manny for making it to the championship. He's the reason why we're talking about the Stats Over Politics Fantasy Football League as uh, we're keeping it moving here on episode number 70 of Stats Over Politics. Now, guys, let's get to the final NFL game from week 16 that we're going to get to in its entirety Speaking of um, real quickly. Uh, speak, speaking of Jesse. Uh, and so the Dolphins, they, they beat the Cowboys 22-20, to 20, and the Cowboys... They lose another big game against another big opponent. Uh, and, okay, well, first of all, I got I, I can't move on without highlighting these comments real quickly because we, we just got to address this real quick. Our guy Khalil, Javon, he's tapped in right now. And uh, when, Gary, when you just mentioned that Jesse wants Kevin Durant, you know, future Hall of Famer, top 10 player, probably all time, to come to the Sacramento Kings, Khalil's response was, fuck no. Keep KD over there. I don't know if I agree with that, but you know, I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, he's averaging 30. I don't know if you, if you guys need that at all, by the way. We got you leaders. Know, after, I love KD. We got leaders. He can just chill. Shoot. After that Celtics game, Javon, yes, please. Bring bring KD to town. Uh, after we never beat them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, well, Khalil says he's always hurt. That's what happens with age. And that's part of why I said that Bradley Beal should be the second best player on this team. But Bradley Beal can't even take the fucking court. So I look like an idiot. Oh, that's looking bad. Yeah. 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 I didn't even get the cookie on that this year. I didn't even get the cookie on that. 
Yeah, you, I'm about to, have I forgot to, about that. Wait till I get yeah, we're, bass we're, we're gonna have, up, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to hop on a Friday pod just so you can cook me for that take. Uh, but anyways, guys, getting to the Dolphins beating the Cowboys 22 to 20. Javon, I'm gonna start out with you. Was this more so about the Dolphins beating the Cowboys or the Cowboys losing to the Dolphins? And the reason why I frame it that way is because the thing that was so interesting about this game going in, both teams at 10 and 4, but a lot of those 10 wins that each team had was against losing teams or mid teams, not against the winning teams. That's where those four losses for each team came was when they played against uh, equal to superior competition. (laughs) Anyways, so Javon, Dolphins beat the Cowboys 22 to 20. What were your thoughts on this one? Never a doubt had the Dolphins on the Dolphins were on the hotline. I was talking to I mentioned this on the Friday pod. Um, I was talking to a Cowboy fan and we, um, he was telling me he was like, "Oh, like, like, what do you guys think of the season? How do you think everything's going?" He's like, "Oh, we're pretty good. Um, usually at home we're pretty good, but on the road, Dak just looks like a different guy." And I was like, "You know what? That's I gotta take that into account. Maybe he might be the Cowboy fans would know, right?" And so I'm just thinking like. You know, Tua and the Dolphins, you know, Mostert's playing. Tyreek Hill's playing. He had 99 for nine. Um, Jalen Waddle was kind of in and out of the lineup. I think he ended up getting hurt. But, you know, the Cowboys went up late in the game. Um, there was a questionable touchdown that should have been had by Tony Pollard where he took a bad angle on the end zone, and then Dak ends up fumbling the next play on, like, the tush push. Um so that was points kind of taken off the board. Um, That's copyrighted by Philadelphia, so they didn't allow it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's – I'm going to give it to the Dolphins here. Um, I thought the Cowboys played good enough to win. Dak Prescott let his team down to kind of go down and take the league and Tua let his team down um, with the drive. I think they had a, uh, a pass interference call that kind of helped them get into field goal range. Um, but you got to get hats off to the Dolphins. Uh, Mike McDaniel is doing a phenomenal job over there. Um, we'll see how good they – they're kind of in the weeds for the number one seed. Let's let's kind of look out for them. But They needed our help last night. We couldn't help Mikey D. Yeah, Mike, Mike McDaniel. But um, I thought this game was very back and forth. Um, you know, a lot of Cowboy fans were crying because Michael Parsons and C.D. Lamb were getting held. Um, at different points in time during the game. But, I mean, that's the NFL. Um, they're, you know, star players. Um, for us, even the San Francisco 49ers, like Nick Bosa gets held on every play for the most part. You just read my um, mind. <laughs> so, so I'm just, um, you kind of just got to take, take it with a grain of salt. Um, um, they got a big game coming up this week against the Lions at home. I feel like this will the, – the total for this game is 53.5, and, and I think that's the highest total for the NFL season. Um, so – they're predicting it's going to be very high scoring. I think it's going to be um, a fairly good game, but I feel like the Cowboys will win that game just because they're at home and they play really well in Jared Wilde. The only uh, caveat to that is Jared Goff indoors looks like freaking Peyton Manning. So this is an indoor game. Um, that's probably why the the total is so high. So maybe we might take the over in that game. Um, shout out to the hotline. Shout out to the hotline. And uh, all right. I'm going to look at this camera real quick. I only got one camera, so it's not like I need to look too far. Let's go. <laughs> Uncle Manny, Jesse, Julian, Julie. Bob. Let's throw oh. all the Cowboys fans in there, right? Yeah. I don't want to hear shit 
about a cowboy being held until it's in the biggest game of the year. Because <laughs> this this play right here was on third and 17 when Mahomes ultimately ended up getting it down uh, to Tyreek Hill uh, and Tyreek Hill did the rest. Uh, but, you know, Javon, Cowboys fans, they can't relate to having their player be held in the biggest game of the year because they haven't been there since the 90s. But, you know, I get I get flamed all the time because I'm like, oh, the 49ers, at least they've made it to the Super Bowl a couple times in this century, unlike Cowboys. But it's like, oh, but did you win? And that's where my argument ends every time. But, you know, again, I will just say, I don't want to hear anything from the Cowboys fans until your player is actually being held when it matters most. But yeah, you, you never know uh, if they could get there this year. Who knows? Anyways, Gary, I wanted to get your thoughts on this one uh, because, you know, I just came after two of your family members, Cowboys Nation, we them boys. But uh, what did you think about this one? Uh, I think you're on the money, Sean, because, you know, I hate the Cowboys too. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I said coming into this week. Like you put uh, perfectly, Sean, there was two teams that got been doing great this year and being the teams are supposed to beat, but the teams that you know could are over 500, that could be a potential playoff matchup, teams that are in potential Super Bowl hunt, um, they have lost to, and they haven't looked really good to. So both of the teams were kind of a prove game. Can we beat a good team? And, you know, Miami showed up and showed out in terms of playing. They, you know, they left a lot of points left on this field, too. There's a couple plays, two of uh, the Tyreek didn't connect when it easily connected, especially in that fourth quarter. Hit the one a little bit behind him, and, man, if he would have hit him in the bed basket, he would have been gone. You could just see. Like, he just, you just seen they uh, zoomed out on the field. Like, he had a whole lane to get through that. And, you know, Tyreek, two guys to the pile on, I take my money on Tyreek any day to put that money on him to get there before those guys do to beat him to that corner. So, at the end of the day, uh, the Dallas Cowboys do what they always do in terms of. I know my people, my family hates to say he just hates to hear it, but they shoot themselves in the foot themselves. Simple. They beat themselves. Like they had one, one turnover, which made him look, uh, which made Dak look pedestrian going into Miami, and that's why these both of these teams really, really, really need home court advantage, home field advantage, excuse me. Because if they go through home for either one of these teams and Miami's perspective, you want to go through home maybe be, not because you can't go to other areas and win. It's just because the track field type of team they have, it's just way easier and better climate and dome situations and obviously Miami where it's sunny. Like you don't want to take that show to Kansas City in the cold, the Bills in the cold, you know, Green Bay in the cold, any of those cold places, it can work, but it's going to look tough. It's just natural. You see, you hear football players, it's going to be tough, you know what I'm saying, to have that finesse type offense in those type of areas. So them getting this game was really big for them, and them showing out in terms of, you know, being a good team, playing, you know, it wasn't a shootout either, like it could have been in a way, but it wasn't. They played some good defense to get some timely stops to make this Dallas Corp. Dallas Cowboys offense that we know that when they get it cooking, they can get rolling. They can get rolling with a lot of points being scored on that board. So them be able to get key stops, especially in the red zone area, was good for them. Also, you know, they get the ball back. Tua comes down and they sh- they show a clutch moment. They you know they go ahead and go up and hit that field goal for the win. So at the end of the day. They, you know, you gave too much time to those guys too at the end of the day, too. So, and you wanted your defense, the best part of your team, you would say, would be the defense. And you want that. Like, if I'm a Steelers fan, 
sorry to say, but I not sorry to say, I know I want my defense at the end of the game to win the game for me because I believe in them a lot. I don't want my offense trying to go win the game right now, this moment, the way we look it. Just like for the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like, yeah, we have an offense that's humming all cylinders, but at the end of the day, you guys rely a lot on this defense to get cooking for your offense. And they didn't show up and get those timely stops. And, you know, you've seen the Miami Dolphins capitalize that and show that, you know, they can have some clutch moments too. So you got to give Miami a lot of credit. You got to give um, Miami and Tua a lot of credit. Tua hasn't got too many praises this year because of how good um, Tyreek has been. But he obviously, with all the slander and stuff he has gotten this year, and Rasheed Mo- Mostert, you know, they had A-Chain come back this week, but Mostert's been killing it all year. And when uh, A-Chain had a great start to the year and he got injured. So this team looked like they're hitting their stride towards a very good time of the year, and that's what you want to do in the NFL. And the team that we're going to talk about probably later real quick and a quick take is my the Rams that I kind of gave a little preview for that. They can be scaring some teams in playoffs if they're getting cooking right too. So teams that are cooking right right now, like the Miami Dolphins, looking good, 11-4, and four, could get that number one seed, finding what Baltimore is going to be really, really important for them to finish off strong. And, yeah, Dallas Cowboys drop another one where, you know, they could have went to go – Make something, you know, if they win this game, maybe put another stamp like, nah, we're ready. We, this is a different Dallas Cowboys team. We beat the Eagles like we wanted to be. Yeah, we didn't beat the Niners, and that's a bugaboo. But hey, if you guys have to come through, have to come through uh, Dallas, it could be maybe a different story. Maybe, you know, if they would have done that. So, you know, they're again, shoot themselves in the foot. And yeah, you take it from Dallas Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy fan themselves, like Vaughn said, talk to the Cowboy fans. Yeah, there's ones that crazy and Dax him and yeah he's playing great but something to be said for you look MVP. like you're different quarterback look like dude you can't be looking like you can't be MVP in when you look like two different quarterbacks at home and away like mm. that, that actually mm. in the NBA mm. they call that and the and the NBA they you know what they call that they call that what they always say like oh you're gonna see when the the role players if they're what Stephen always says you're gonna be sweating like Simlack and whatever you know now they're gonna be palms getting sweaty and all that all of those things because basically when you're in a different environment in a way and it's turned up to a million in that thing and everyone's booing you and it's prime time versus a good team are you gonna fold or are you gonna be Heemster I haven't said that in a while you're gonna be him you're gonna you know you're gonna come back and be top dog so at the end of the day that's Cowboys didn't show that and they're gonna have another week to prove it but it's the same old problem. Can't beat the team that they need to beat. So, and you know what? Okay, you can't say that because they beat the they beat the Eagles. They did beat the Eagles. So you got to give them tip of the cap to that. At the end of the day, what? But but where did they beat them? At home. At home. Not just that too. Yeah, we beat them. Okay, but we all know. And, and Gary, where will where will the Cowboys be in the playoffs? On the road. Exactly. So I know we might have to have a guy come in and get some Dallas Cowboys love because I know we don't have none on this chat because I know we always be killing them. But you got to give them credit. They're 10 and 5. They're doing good. But still, there's just something missing. And they know it's too. Something's missing. You know, that's about it. If he were to stand, if Dak were to stamp these last two games, he'd be MVP and call it a wrap and say, basically, fuck your home and away record. I'm the MVP. Just go look at it. So. Again, that got to just take that shit, man. Pack that bag, man. Pack, pack, pack the MVP bag on the road, man. Yeah, I want to apologize to Weed and Boys because we here on Stats Over Politics will not be promoting any Dallas Cowboys propaganda. If there's a big game that we need to bring a Cowboys fan on to preview, all right, they can do it themselves. But between two 49ers fans, a Steelers fan, and then Kevin being an Eagles fan, 
he ain't gonna hear anything positive about the Dallas Cowboys on on this podcast. I mean, we'll give them credit when it's due, but if you can't win on the road when it matters, then how are you gonna get to the Super Bowl? That's all I'm wondering. Um, and Javon, I obviously have not gotten over this holding call with with Bosa being held in the Super oh, Bowl back in 2020. Khalil told me to let it go. I just oh, wanted to ask you, have, have you have you let it go? All right, I guess I'm, I'm the only one who's holding on to it. I'm I'm still sick. Makes me sick. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy here I, here I am. Super Bowl. But yeah, Jimmy G with the overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, let's just. Why why did I do that to myself? I I was the one who opened that can of worms, and yeah, now man. it's something that I, I can't seem to close. I apologize for that because you know, I apologize because I was the one that did that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, moving on here on episode 70 of Staff Member Politics, Sean Hulk alongside Javon Toddy, Gary Singh, Kevin Dent will be back with us again on Friday. Now, guys, as we do every week, let's get to our speedy week, week 16 NFL recap. Gary, you alluded to this game, so we'll start out with you as the Rams beat the Saints 30 to 22. Man, the Rams. I told y'all last week, I wish, you know, we can go back and look at the tape. The Rams have been cooking slowly but surely. Um, you don't want to see this team in the playoffs. Simple as that. You don't want to see this team in the playoffs. They got Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. They got guys in this league who have won with the top three. They got a rookie who's been killing all the records. So offensively, they're going to be in these games. Defensively, they don't got that many weapons. They really don't. They got Aaron Donald, who's going to be prime time when it counts because he's still a uh, one of the best players of all time in his position. So, you know, he can make some things happen. But at the end of the day, it's going to be pretty tough. So they can get into a shootout with somebody. Uh, and, yeah, I just wouldn't want to see a team that's very primed to know how to win in the playoffs. So they can spook a lot of people. And, yeah, you just don't want to face a team that's clutch and who has proven and have done it before. So I think the Rams are sneaking up on people 8-7, and 5-3 and three at home. Uh, I don't know. Then Obviously, I know they're in the wild card. I don't know what wild card I'm trying to let's see. Well, I just want to, I'm just curious real quick what wild card they're at just to see who they would play in a hypothetical situation. Right now they're in six. They would play what I think Detroit or Philly. Right now, uh, right now they would uh right now they would play Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. So you bond, huh? Would you bet? I would bet that there's a good chance I'd bet i bet them going there. I know Rams. Uh, <laughs> Detroit Detroit's really good. Don't get me wrong. They've been cooking two in all cylinders, so Hey, Khalil, the line's overrated. See, people don't believe because they're a team, yeah. kind of like the teams in a way. Well, like, they're going to make the playoffs a long time after the first time in a very long time. So you're going to have to see them prove it. And again, the Lions still need it. It's like one of those, I always feel like you got to make, you know, NFL, though, is kind of different. You can kind of go skyrocket, but that's only if you have a great quarterback. If you don't have a great quarterback, not saying Jerry Goff's not good, you know, he's, he's great. He's been doing good so far in this, in a, solid. uh, the, the solid in the Lions uniform. But, you know, gotta, you got to take, you already got, they already got their win. They already should be happy as fuck for winning the division. They ain't never did that in what I think 20, 30 years, something crazy. So them just taking that first yeah, 30 step, years. You know, hopefully they don't exactly. So them taking that first step, maybe to go against the Rams, they lose in a close game, but you know, they learn a lot, then boom, next year they can make the next leap. So in that matchup right there, if we pull it up, the Rams can boom, upset alert right there. So we're gonna see wild card weekend, man. They look like they're pretty locked in right now in that spot, too. Cause I'm looking Minnesota seven and eight. Seattle is the only thing they can really switch with. So it looks like they got – and they got the conference wins too right now over uh, Minnesota as well. So, man, it's looking like they're going to be prime time in the playoffs. So let's see where they'll be heading to. Well, as Javon said, context is important. Khalil, our dear friend, is a Packers fan. And so 
He says, the Rams are banging the Lions. I guess it's going to be a Matthew Stafford revenge game back in Detroit. Um, but we'll leave it there um, until that matchup actually oh, might I totally forgot. Happen. That is true. I didn't even bring uh, that up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and Khalil even goes on to say, we gifted them one pack still running north. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Khalil, for your contributions. All right, Javon, next game that we want to get to, the other Saturday game other than Gary squad, was the Bills barely beating the Chargers led by Easton Stick, 24 to 22. I mean, the best bet in football might be Josh Allen interception. Um, Man, pretty much he's is. guaranteed to throw you a pick every game. So if you got to want to put a little bit of money, it might be like minus 140, minus 150, but something to definitely keep an eye on next game. Um, but as far as the game goes, it was on Peacock. So it was probably a bunch of old people trying to figure out how do I get the channel, the Peacock channel. But um, just kind of going into the game, Easton Stick, um, I, the Bills were like 12 and a half point favorites. I thought that was a big number for the Bills. They're not really good at covering the spread especially for big numbers. So um, I figured the Chargers come out, have a little bit of gumption. They just fired their head coach. Um, so mm -hmm. they might come out swinging a little bit. Um, there was a couple of penalties down the stretch that kind of, you know, aided the Bills a little bit to um, give them a couple more cracks at scoring on their final possession. But um, I thought the Chargers, um, they were kind of just playing a little bit over their heads in this game. Easton Stick played very much better than he did the week prior because they got 63 hung on the head. But um, I mean, he doesn't play defense, though. Yeah, it's not his fault, but, you know, that's probably why Brian Staley ended up getting fired. So I, I um, honestly think I, I, we didn't get into it too much. Palmer played pretty good. Quickly, it seems like the Chargers just fully quit on Brandon Staley, as they should. But, you know, this game kind of proved that. Keenan Allen, I feel like if he plays in this game, the Chargers might win this game. Um, the Bills, I believe, control their own destiny. They have to win out as far as uh, their playoff picture hopes and kind of what it would look like. But, um, you know, having a, a very bad front half of the season and kind of trying to turn around a little bit towards the back half um, has been doing them well. Plus, you know, there are some other teams ahead of them that aren't really helping themselves um, stay into the playoff picture. You got a bunch of teams starting to lose out. You know, you got, um, what was it? The Jags. Jags lost like four straight, I think. And then, you know, the Broncos are starting to lose a bunch. Um, so the Bills, they just got to keep winning. and They're pretty much in. So that's off to the Bills for barely beating Easton Stick on Peacock Saturday Night Football. Gary, we've already talked about 75% of your division, but the remaining quarter is the Cleveland Browns, who defeated the Texans 36-22. to Oh, Gary, you are muted, my the guy. The mute button yeah. got you. Oh, I said, oh, Cleveland Browns, how do they keep on winning? I do not Woo! know. Well, they, they, man, they're putting up points, man. 36 points. I know uh, TJ Stroud didn't play, and uh, so, you know, you could take it from what you could take with the Texans. You can see now CJ Stroud was a big part of this offense. They ain't really been looking the same since he's been out. So you can see, obviously, they lost their guy, too, and uh, Tank Dale, too, from that horrific injury he suffered a few weeks ago. But yeah, at the no end of the day, always. shit, old man. Not, not expect the old man man cooking, man. Sheesh, 368 yards, 27 for 42. They got this man thrown 42 times at his age. And I remember I heard it was, I guess he was sitting out, Joe Flacco, and came back, you know. On his mom's One thing couch. about Joe Flacco, one thing about Joe Flacco, man, 
he, you know, he's always not has been the greatest quarterback, and he's one of those quarterbacks that man, even when it was in Baltimore, he's just he played a couple, he played on how to play in a couple clutch moments, man. He knows how to play in a couple clutch moments. You have a team around him like this team does. He can he can get you over the hump. He can be quote unquote game manager, I guess you could say. He can make the right decisions. He can, you know, he's seen everything in this uh league before. And one thing I think they're loving, like he don't look scared, man. He just like it's my last run. I already got a bull. I got the money. I just want to keep. I don't know why mm-hmm. he wants to keep playing. To be honest, maybe I, I haven't seen the interview. I do want to kind of just, just you know, maybe he just wants to keep playing. Not saying you have to stop, you know, but you know, a lot of things would add up and just be like, hey, there's no point of playing. I'm good. But hey, he just want you. He's a back out there and just letting it rip. And yeah, you get Cooper Cup, man. Khalil said it perfect. Like Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. killing it. Sorry, Amari Cooper has been killing it. And so funny that the Dallas Cowboys looking like they needed him. Dallas look like a bad trade right now because uh-huh. if they still had him and not offense, ooh wee. See, that's why you pay your people sometimes. Dallas, you, sometimes you don't want to be cheap bastards. They don't want to pay people. They have done this a couple times with a couple people just to put them on front street. Simple as that. So, you know, you know, Jerry don't like to pay his guys that draft. He don't like to pay guys that come outside really that much. He has before, not saying that, but it hasn't really worked out as much in their favor as they probably want to, even though he likes to make splash plays. But anyways, you gotta give them credit, man. They're our, they're, they're doing what our team, what my team was doing when our quarterback's out and our defense is carrying, and somehow, some way, our offense is still doing good with weapons they have, and they're just doing it way better than we are. Simple as that. So you got to give hats off to that coaching staff who's been putting them in great predicaments to win, and uh, their team is just finding all cylinders, and you know they got a chance to make some noise because that defense and hey, in this league, if you got a veteran at QB who's obviously showing that with some couple weapons that. I know how to get them the ball. I may give my playmakers the ball to do some things. They can be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs too, because they just, as you guys know, they beat you guys. So they they can they can shut people out. So yeah, yeah, they sure did. They held the 49ers to 17 points without Debo Samuel or Trent Williams. Context matters. They um, got the W. Did they, not? <laughs> they sure did because our rookie kicker couldn't do his job. Um, okay. Anyways, what he, is he off the team now? No, he's still around. Uh, Dude, he was he was a third round. He's going nowhere. I thought he, I thought he, he got cut for that one. Yeah, exactly. Like Javon said, we just don't kick field goals. Uh, Joe Flacco in this game, as was mentioned, had that 368 passing yards and three touchdowns. Well, just to Amari Cooper. Like Amari Cooper started the game on the game's first play, had a 53-yard reception, and then he ended the day with 11 receptions for 265 yards. Cooking, like he said. Cut the record for five. Browns, like Browns receiving yards. That was, it was held I by Josh so. Gordon, and he set the franchise record. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Josh Gordon, man. Uh, like I, I saw something. I saw something recently where it was like talking about how the NFL doesn't test for weed anymore, and it's like, okay, can Josh Gordon retroactively <laughs> get his whole career back, please? Like yeah. maybe. Bro, and then bro I, I saw his whole some, career to tree. Man, and and like, and I saw I think a little bit more saying, of that. I think it was. Like, I mean, bit, yeah. Probably, <laughs> I was more of that tree, tree, and mental health. Two big discipline. Yeah, Shout out to um, him to hopefully he's doing good now, man. Straight up, it's hard to fight yeah, these demons sure. sometimes. Yeah, most I think definitely. he's in the XFL now. She hopefully well, getting back a little bag. And XFL and USFL are merged now, so that'll be interesting. Oh, really? that's, that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, uh, next game. Uh, I'm sorry. I just lost track. Gary was talking about the Browns. Javon, uh, the Jets beat the Commanders 30 to 28. Barn burner. Um, <laughs> saw somebody saw somebody put up 220,000 for the Jets minus three. 
Jets go up 27-0 by the second quarter. And then, who was the Brissett and the commanders just came roaring back. That's um, funny, bro. You really got some also, quarterback this week. Yeah, yeah I'm like, who, who's the quarterback? <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was just bad all over. Just bad football. I mean, Trevor Simeon, not that good. Reese Hall had a really good game. So if you guys had him in, in fantasy, he, he did really I got well. cooked by him in fantasy, but luckily I already got knocked out of the playoffs and it was in a consolation. Shout out to Colin. Luckily. It was um, – it kind of hurt. It ends up hurting because the better – the Jets won by two. If he would have if – if the Jets would have won by three, he would have at least pushed and not lose his 220 grand. But hmm. – um, that was just Up 27 tough. to zero. Like you said, that is yeah. just, that better. He probably turned the game off and just kicked the speed up. It was like, that's it. We're done. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they lost. Javon, what do we call that? A cold world. It's a cold world. Uh, Gary, the Seahawks beat the Titans 20 to 17. As, uh, you recompose yourself from the sneeze. This is, this is why people, you heard me. I try to turn it off. No, no, no! I didn't, I didn't hear you, oh, but okay. you muted yourself. But I saw, I saw you do it. One second, and away. that's one second, and away. that's why all up in a mic. Hey, well, good save. Uh, and and that is exactly why people need to tune in on YouTube, Instagram, and X, so they can see all these things that you don't hear in the audio. Anyways, Gary, Seahawks beat the Titans twenty to seventeen. Okay, I plug talks on. <laughs> but all right, man. Uh, sheesh, this is Seahawks team, man. They um. They 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 back to back dubs. They beat the Eagles last week. Beat the Titans this week. Handling business to get into the playoffs. Now, um, are they gonna make noise in the playoffs? Uh, they're a tough team in terms. Of they can make some noise in terms of make it not so easy. But do I see them really pulling off an upset? No, I've seen them fold to me, especially versus Niners in big spots. I just haven't seen enough greatness. You know, Geno Smith is doing really good. Uh, you know, this league, you notice, man. You need you need some type of competent quarterback play to have some chance and you got to give Geno Smith we already sang his praise I think last year you know saying his praise in the beginning of this year in terms of to turn around his whole career man and uh showed up this week their defense uh their team fought overall really good Tennessee man I don't know what they're doing out there like I know they fight Mike Rabel fights their team they, they, they're, they're a hard team they're a hard team to pick in terms of the pickums because I'm like I don't know which team I'm gonna get like am I gonna get a team that's gonna explode this week or just gonna be basically nothing it's like they're gonna show up in terms of making it a tough game and not making an easy w for anybody but in terms of ryan Tannehill, that's pretty much undone you're kind of wasting derrick henry showing that he's still got 88 yards 19 carries he's still showing that he could still do some things if you give him maybe some other weapons around to maybe ease the load on him you know so in terms of also the receiving, you ain't nobody. They're not using D Hop like that, man. D Hop should have went somewhere else, man. And him and KC right now would have been something. They they, they shouldn't have paid. It. They didn't want to pay him how much he wanted, I think, and that would have been mm-hmm. a big time help for that KC, as we know. We're probably gonna touch on a little later here in the rundown. Quick takes that they're not looking that good right now, but I still believe. But anyways, back to this um, Seahawks. Yeah, they're they're uh, it's a good win for them. Back to back wins to keep them alive, keep them in the hunt, and keep them in the playoff contention. But do I see them like uh, I see the Rams right now on fire? No, do I see them, even though they beat you know two solid teams? I guess you, the Eagles are obviously a great team. The Titans are so so, but I just don't see that spark where I could see them like the Rams beating a good team, you know, because I don't want really to see that playoff 
experience prior to to help them. You know, obviously the coach has it, but no one else on that team has it. So they're young. So again, they're kind of like going to be like Detroit in terms of they have to prove it their first year if they really get in it. And they haven't been dominant this year to really show that they've proven anything. But hey, it's NFL. Like I said earlier, if you can get hot at the right time, maybe they can make something shake. But right now, good win for them, but don't really see it amounting to anything really towards in a few weeks when we talk about playoff. Right now, it's playoff time talk, baby. It's around the corner. We got to see you actually do some. Javon, the Falcons beat the Colts 29 to 10. Had the Colts money line on the hotline. Um, my me. assumption was I got to start looking at these damn reports because same, <laughs> same. Happened with me. same thing happened to me with the, uh, the Steelers Bengals game. I thought Trubisky was going to be playing. You thought Joe Burrow was back? I thought Desmond Ritter was the quarterback. You know who we got? Old Taylor Heineke. And, um, gave them basically a, another spark. Bijan played really well in this game. Cordero, Cordero Patterson, um, I believe, had a touchdown in this game. The, the Colts really couldn't get anything going. Uh, Minshew was under duress the entire time. The, the Falcons have a really good defense. I, I will say that. I think their D-line is solid, and they have um, a good back seven. Um, but it really kind of just comes down to what can your quarterback do and how well is he going to play. And Heineke, you know, played really well. They had they got a win at home. They're, they're usually pretty good at home, but Desmond Ritter's kind of been the quarterback, so it's been pretty abysmal. We even saw reports about Arthur Smith kind of going into the hot having, you know, a hot seat under him for the most part, but um, that's kind of what happens when your quarterback play isn't where it needs to be. I feel like the roster is actually really good if you kind of look at it. I've been um, joined the fan club a couple weeks ago, uh, Justin Fields. I feel like this would be a perfect, perfect spot for him in, mm-hmm. in Atlanta. I'd love to see what he would look like here in Atlanta. Um, if we continue to keep talking about the Falcons, I'm going to keep talking about Justin Fields and um, how well that he is playing. But um, like I said, this Falcons team, um, I feel like they should give Bijan the ball a lot more, and I feel like fantasy owners believe that too. Um, just given he's probably the best player like on your team just as a whole. That's kind it doesn't of, make sense. Uh, most talented. Um, I feel like he should get a little bit more touches. Kind of what similar, similar to what Christian McCaffrey is. I feel like that's kind of what the amount of touches that he should be getting. That's how talented that he is. Um, I would, I, I believe I picked him to be rookie of the year, star of the year, um, just because I thought the Falcons were would be shit, but he would have really good numbers. He has pretty good numbers um, for the most part, but um, the Colts fire kind of went out, and Minshew is probably starting to turn into a frog a little bit. That's probably what it's starting to look like. Um, still think Shane Steichen should be in contention for for Coach of the Year, just based off what he's able been, been able to do with this roster of quarterback, you know, goes down earlier in the year. And to them still kind of have a shot at winning the division, let alone making the playoffs, um, you should definitely have a shot at winning Coach of the Year. But, yeah, the Falcons – the Dirty Birds get a victory at home. All right, Khalil, this is the moment you've been waiting for. As Gary, the Packers beat the Panthers 33-30. to Khalil, man, like, should I, should I pump y'all up for this? Like, 30 yeah, points yeah, he, Panthers? He, he, he's he's rooting for your for your boys, so, yeah, play yeah, nice. I, I know he, he's trying to give me maybe some love. Sweet me up a little bit, huh? 2-13, drop 30. 
Ah, tough. Need a dub, need a dub. I see it. Seven and eight, you got a dub. Got perfect timing for a dub, too, to be honest. What else could you ask for? Panthers going down, what, week, what, 16 we in? It's a good W to get. Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it positive for Khalil. Jordan Love, no picks. Solid game, 17 for 28, 219 yards. Got it done. You know, uh, this is, the I guess, a negative thing. The whole headline is Packers survived, rallied by Panthers. You know, they survived, my guy. They survived. And like you said, they got a duh, they got a win. And, yeah, it's horrible when you're this, this close. I know you was probably irritated buying your fingernails. Like, ah, sheesh, how are, we, how, how are we – how are we – this should be a blowout. And it should be because, you know – Vaughn was on your team high early. I'm not going to lie. I was not. I was not on their team high. But they've been proving me wrong in the last couple. They had a a lot of ups and downs this year. A lot of good positives from Jordan Love. A couple low negatives. But I would say in the last overall few weeks, they've been looking looking more bright. I would even say it's looking more bright in the quarterback spot than obviously than my guy, Mr. Pickett. So... Obviously, I'd be happy if I am a because you guys put up 33. That's a good sign. Just giving up 30 is not a good thing to a Panther squad. That obviously, has two wins and doesn't have their whole weird. You know, we've been through the whole Panthers chaos. Yep, defense is horrible. So, clearly, you know, you know, at least you know, you're owning up to you guys not doing stepping up to the plate. He's here. a realistic hey, Packers fan. He a realistic. Okay, Khalil, you're saying a realistic Packers fan. So, and I know you're not happy that y'all finally lost the division, like you mentioned earlier one time giving it to the Detroit Lions. So obviously you guys got some big dogs in your division in terms of that, not big dogs, but teams that are, you know, Detroit is a team that's up and coming. As Vaughn just mentioned, you know, Justin Fields still has a chance, I guess, to rise. And if they keep him and keep the picks this year and keep adding around him because he got some gritty wins this year too. But, hey, y'all got Minnesota at the end and y'all got Chicago. There's a chance y'all win both of these games and what? I think that's is that is that that might be – probably going to need a lot of help. I'm mean, gonna need a lot of help, probably. Just in my opinion, I already know you probably gonna need some help to get in. But hey, if you finish off strong, what is that? That's gonna be going three, four, and zero towards the end of the year. My bad, I just had your schedule up here. I just lost it for one second. I think that would be three or four games in a row they win towards the end of the year. So they would they would hey, finish nine and eight if they win their last two. Nine and eight, but that would give them three games in a row. Okay, yeah, and that's yeah. So the three games in a row, but realistically, what three and three last six games. So, but again, losing to the Giants, losing to Tampa Bay really hurt you guys. So, at the end of the day, it's looking good in terms of just making the playoffs, maybe with some help. If you guys, you guys, it's a good thing is y'all got teams y'all can beat at the end of the year to get yourself in the playoffs, needing some help. It's not obviously good, but hey, do you want clear real quick, man? Real quick, if you sent you the comments, plan right back real quick. We won't get a comment. Do you want to make the playoffs? Like my team, I, I still fan. I don't care about the damn playoffs. I want to win the bowls. So us winning the playoffs is obviously gives us a chance, but I know we don't have a Super Bowl caliber team to really win. So I, do I really care? No. Do you as a Packers fan who's been, you know, great with Barb and Aaron Rodgers for the last 20, 30 years, do you actually want to make the playoffs? I don't know. You let us know, too. We'll get back to you. He's probably he's probably replied 10 seconds. Here. Hopefully he does. But if he doesn't, I just want to know, man. Do y'all think y'all make the play? Do you want to make the playoff as a fan? Because in my situation, Steelers fan, I don't want to make the playoffs realistically. Even though that's probably bad to say. And But at the end of the day, I think we need some draft picks with help for my squad right now. So go ahead. We want to see if Khalil will find us a second here. Yeah, we'll circle back with Khalil, and we got the perfect next game to circle back with him for uh, as – this game has been alluded to, uh, but Javon, the Lions, they beat the Vikings 30-24 to to clinch the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. Kind of went back and forth with Nick Mullins a little bit. Uh, he threw for, what, 400 yards but had four picks? So um, 
The Real Nick Mullins came out. Will you please stand up? The Real Nick Mullins, please stand up. Um, Justin Jefferson had a hell of a catch. Um, it kind of sucks that he's not going to be in the Pro Bowl, um, just given how just amazing that he is. Um, I think we all kind of universally recognize him as one of the best receivers in the league. Um, but it kind of just came down to um, are you going to be able to not turn the ball over, and the Vikings weren't able to do that. They lost TJ Hawkinson for the year in this game, who apparently has a torn ACL. Damn. Adam Schefter, I missed that. that. Today. Sheesh. Um, the Lions kind That's of. Big loss. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit more of Jamison Williams get added into the you know rotation a little bit. He's starting to get um, featured a little bit more. On the, I know a lot of people are kind of wondering where he's been. Sam Laporta. He didn't have a big game, but, you know, his presence alone is, you know, he's probably going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, the numbers do say that. Uh, this was kind of the Amon Ross-St. Brown show. I think he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jared Goff, like I said, indoors Jared Goff is pretty in- unstoppable. He looks like Peyton Manning. Um, so it's hard to bet against uh, Jared Goff even when um, – <laughs> even when he is uh, indoors and on the road. Um, did have Lions minus two on the hotline, so shout out to the Lions. But um, the Lions won their first division title since 1993, which was pretty insane. Shout out to the Lions. Shout out to the hotline. And also shout out to Khalil, who, Gary, he says, a playoff appearance would give Jordan Love some experience because, you know, the difference between him and you, Gary, is he actually has his franchise quarterback, uh, at least for the next couple of years, you're still a little unsure. I'm a iffy, so yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't Both know if I'd say iffy at this point. If you're 99 percent out, that means no. Nah, we got a bad day to ask me, Sean. You asked me off a loss. We got an ass whooped. Yeah, there's a week true. you didn't play, and I'm saying I'm a little, I'm a little confident in him. He didn't even play. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, uh, all right, Gary. Well, the next oh, game man, that you got is the the Buccaneers beat the Jaguars thirty to twelve. What's going on with Baker that? Mayfield? Vaughn, you took the words out of my mouth, man. We have some telepathy right now. I'm, I was just about to say, <laughs> say from Vaughn. I just went, say from me. Ah. Yeah, for Baker me, so. Baker Mayfield. Man, oh man, that boy deserves a contract. I think there's some. I seen some uh, little. I think I seen some little news is that he might get a little two year deal, fifty million, something along those lines. Hey, man. Hey, Mike Evans had one of the best years. I'm glad I picked him up fantasy, even though it didn't help me too, too much because my rest of my team sucked. But hey, he's been cooking. He's been showing that he's been good for a long time, guys. He's been good for especially his first three years. He's really underrated. Wins Super Bowl with Tom gets you know finally gets the credit where he's due. Obviously, Tom leaves, thinking the Bucks are going to go downhill. Boom, Baker Mayfield steps in, and after Tom Brady leaves, eight and seven, and still doing this thing, I just try to pump it up up there because he's you know big shoes to fill. After the goat comes in and wins the bowl for you, and he walks out and says, "Take over the team." Good thing for him. A lot of guys, a good solid amount of guys, still on the Super Bowl team on this team as well. So you know, got some experience in him in terms of coaching staff to help him to know what. The expectations are to win him not being and not to disrespect him any which way, but hey, don't look like he distracted. And you know, you can say what you say, but optics are everything in this league. And you see you on left and run every damn commercial on State Farm, and you see you shitting the bed on the field, just doesn't look like a good look, my guy. So, him just doing it, you know, handling business on the field now opens up things off the field, obviously, for him to get back into that if he wants to, because you know, he's a guy where who is brings a lot of um 
attention as he should do. The way he plays, the way he talks, he's a great entertainer in this league and a great athlete and a great football player. And he's showing that, you know, because, you know, he was a magical guy in uh, college, you know, when he came to the NFL, went to the Browns. Shit, I'm not going to lie, bro. To beat us in the playoff game the first time in ever, made us, you know, made, and they shipped him out of town, guys. He won a playoff game, took him out the dirt, and they shipped him out of town. And that kind of, that just kind of sucks. Like, damn, bro. Like, I finally got y'all where y'all want to. Y'all want to shit me so bad after I just finally took you guys from the bottom. So, you know what? You got to give your, that guy's been through the ringer in terms of, you know, media hating on him, things of that nature. So, you got to give him credit to know. The guys he has, giving the ball to those guys, because a lot of you can see, you can see a lot of players get really frustrated when you have guys and you just know, like, especially like Devontae Adams. You got a guy, Devontae Adams, Raiders Nation, you know, you're only getting the ball sometimes. It's like, what are we doing? Let's give the best man the ball every single time. Or like, you know, not every single time, but let's give the best players the ball if our team is not that good. They can save us, they can help us, they can, like my team, you know, give George Pickens the ball. That's why my man's frustrated. He shouldn't do it the way he did it. But when talented players get frustrated in football, it's 10 to more. It's not really, guys. And the media kind of spends all their selfish things. And more of the time, it's like, I'm great. Use me. I don't want, I think I see, you know, Mr. I've been watching Unc and Ocho show. Obviously, they've been doing great on their stuff. And, you know, Ocho always says, like, as a great player, I don't want to hear that from my coaches. Oh, they'd scheme me out today. And I understand, like, from a fan perspective and seeing that, I wouldn't want to hear that too if I'm a player. And I don't know, my best player is so called getting schemed out. He's the best player, one of the best players on our team. We should be using him in high octane, and we should be using him every which way. So he's been doing that with the guys he got with Mike Evans and Godwin and Rashid White and things of nature. So, Buccaneers, man, give them a chance. They can be a little team, again, a little bit. I would say I don't know how scary they can be in the playoff. They can be scary just in the fact that they're still unknown and, you know, Baker Mayfield can pull some things like Houdini to get some Ws and, you know, their coaching staff, again, go back to having some experience. So, you know, and Jags, exactly real quick on the Jacksonville side, I know Trevor Lawrence played and, you know, got injured, I think, again, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen he got injured again, so – you know, they're just kind of on the downfall, guys. I don't know what's wrong with them in terms of exactly. I don't know. They were clicking all cylinders offense. All of a sudden, they kind of been downhill. Maybe you guys can see what you guys – tell me what you guys think a little bit about them. I know this is quick takes, but if you see something about Jacksonville that you see is not the same, let me know because I just don't really see how all of a sudden, you know, they were having a good little stint there, and all of a sudden now 8-7 and seven, lost a few games that they should have won. That's the thing. When great quarterbacks you have, they should have won. And losing some games that shouldn't they shouldn't have lost. It's kind of a question mark because Trevor Lawrence, you know, kind of up and down. He hasn't really got that much heat maybe because he's been injured a little bit. But I'm wondering where the heat's at mm-hmm. with him because, you know, last year, comebacks, makes a great comeback for the Chargers in the playoffs, named the Prince and everything left and right. And I think this year would be the next year. You see, if he would have been great this year, it would have been a wrap with his numbers and everything. Wouldn't people probably would have given him MVP if he would have showed up. Like Bounce talked about earlier, narratives, who they want to give the guy to give that trophy to. So one of the guys, Vaughn, they want to get the trophy to. And, you know, he's not showing up to go grab that. So, you know, they got those he under him too to, hey, man, you're number one pick. You're the guy. You you know, everyone's been saying that you've been great. And you see other guys around the league who are probably doing more with less. And we've seen CJ, what he did at the beginning of the year on a team that we thought couldn't do nothing. So that that when you're in that category of you can be transcendently great and you've shown it a little bit, yeah, the pressure, is gonna, the pressure should be a little bit on you more to step up. Toddy, I, I saw uh, a visual reaction from you to something you were looking at at your phone. Do you have any breaking news to share, or are we just going to leave that off? Oh, I got the definitely have the Lions plus five, or not Lions, the Grizzlies plus five. And Jeremy Jackson mm. Jr. was at the free throw line with 0.4 seconds left in the fourth quarter. 
he makes the first one, misses the second one. Game's going into overtime. Yeah, and, and Khalil even <laughs> said, I think someone hung up on 12, and then he said, never mind, it's going to OT. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gary, honestly, you, you made a really great point because like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he came into the league supposed to be a generational prospect like on the Peyton Manning John Elway level and yeah he's dealing I think it's the ankle injury right but you know he it, hurt again it, the game wasn't even close the game you show up close. yeah you're on that field they always say you're on that field and they're gonna critique you as shit so yeah for sure and I mean he and he didn't even want to take the golf cart back to the locker room when he first sustained the injury against the Ravens go ahead Gary one quick no I'm just saying you know, me saying this is not obviously doubting the man. It's me saying we expect greatness out of you. We yeah. want to keep seeing greatness, consistent greatness. You feel me? I want to make sure that's being clear, you know, that we you know mm-hmm. we're basically saying like we see greatness out, we've seen it before. I just mentioned the comeback last year in the playoffs. We've seen it before. We expect you to make a step Nathan this year. They put you in the same conversation as top five beginning of the year with Patrick Mahomes and things of that nature. And where is it at now? That's all we're saying, man. That we believe in it, but where is it in that? Where is it at now? Exactly. So, Javon, uh, the, the next game that we want to get to is a very exciting one, but it's exciting for you and I as members of the Justin Fields fan club, my vice president, as the Bears beat the Cardinals 27-16. to So I was watching this game because I had them on a parlay. Um, Justin Fields played phenomenal. The only thing I'd say that was bad from him from this game, he had a really bad pick, like, at the goal line, or I wouldn't say it was yeah. at the, it was in the red zone. He had a bad red zone pick. I was like, Justin, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, like, what did I do? From, Why am I in this club? <laughs> he, only, he only threw for one seventy and a touchdown, but he did rush for ninety seven yards, <laughs> and I feel like that's the threat of him, um, and what he's able to do. Um, has all the arm talent in the world. I just feel like his team is kind of, eh. I don't know if his coach is that good, but. Well, you know, Chicago, that's why I'm saying get him fresh scenery. He'd be great in these other places where I feel like there's a little bit of infrastructure and there's a better team kind of built around him already, ready to win, ready to win divisions. Um, but, I mean, if you – the stats really don't say in this game, like, oh, Justin Fields kind of wild you, but if you actually watch the game, he was a game changer. Um, kind of going back to what Cam was saying about game changers and game managers, I feel like um, – I feel like Justin Fields is definitely um, a game changer. And he proved that by getting the win over Arizona, even though they only got three wins. <laughs> yeah, you know, and as our guy Khalil says, uh, at least as far as the Packers go, he says, we still own the Bears. So congrats to you, Khalil. Uh, Gary, the next game that we got is the Patriots beat the Broncos 26-23. to yeah, so this game was uh, – I was kind of – I was watching this game. Man, oh, man, I was falling asleep a little bit more on this one. I'm not going to lie. I was watching with the family late night. I'm like, they got this on Sunday, Saturday night as a primetime game. I'm just happy it was a close game because the beginning it was kind of hard to watch, man. I don't know why. It was just hard to watch. There was no spectacular plays going on. It was just kind of just off the, the, what the things that were calling in terms of the play calls just wasn't looking right. It just wasn't an all, all-in-all great game in the beginning. But – Hey, man, I don't know how the Patriots scored 20 in the third quarter. Right? They did it. They just, yeah, you got to give credit to the – they capitalized off the turnovers, obviously, two fumbles and two turnovers by the Broncos. And this game, like we talked about with the Niners earlier, if you turn the ball over, you are more likely to lose if you have the more turnovers. And 
yeah, the Broncos were on a little heater for a little bit. Now come back down to earth again, Mr. Uh, Russell Wilson. I thought he was going to win this game. I thought I was going to okay, come down, clutch. Two wins going to be a little two-minute drill for the game winner. But, hey, it just didn't pan out the way they wanted. And New England, man, just still – I don't know how they're, they're – just, they're just so – some of these teams, man, just so up and down every week. It's so hard to call. Like, what do you know what's going to happen with these teams that are just mid to the – Low bottom. One week they might have a great week. One week, depending on the matchup, they just might be looking good. Might be looking bad. It just you never know. And um, I guess you could be happy as a pitchers fan. I don't know why, because you. I guess you see some fight in your team. But then the day, it's you know they're in that uh, quarterback hunt, top number one pick uh, around that corner to go get that. So I'd be kind of irritated if I won this game too, because that's how sports go. You kind of. You know, if you're not number one in football, you kind of want to go get that, you know, a guy's coming out of the draft. They can change the whole franchise. You've seen that time and time and time again. You go wait, go get that guy, boom, everything changes. We've seen it time and time again. We go down the list of top QBs who've changed the, their quarter, their whole franchise's future because they got them. So I thought this was going to be a game. Uh, Mr. Russell Wilson shows that, you know, why he's a Hall of Famer, why he's, you know, they got him and why he's uh, had some clutch moments over his career. But, the opportunity didn't show up the way he needed to, and they had a bad loss this week. Simple. They get this let this win. They have. I looked at the last two games. I'm forgetting right now. I'll bring it up real quick. Chargers and Raiders, two individual games that go either way now. But you know, if you win these, you win this game. You go in and you go, you lose and you lose. You go into this game. You win this game. Now you you're sitting a little more. You're in the driver's seat to get into the playoffs. And you know, from you know, you give. A quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's been to Super Bowl twice, won it as well. And you give uh, Sean Payne, who obviously won the Super Bowl as well, into the into the mix, into the dance. Anything can happen on every given week. So obviously, if they can get to the dance, it'd be really good for them. But these are, this is a tough loss for them to lose, you know, where they can really gain some momentum and go into the playoffs and, you know, have a leg up to, you know, have more in their control. Now they're probably going to lean on more people to lose and things of that nature. And when you don't have your destiny in your own hands. It's not really looking good like we talked about earlier with Khalil's team in Minnesota. Not Minnesota, excuse me, Green Bay. So, yeah, um, you know, shout out to, I guess, I don't even know who, Zappy doing his thing. Zappy. It's so funny, too. You see Mac Jones sitting on the sideline. God damn, man. What, what are they going to do with you, my boy? Ooh, see, I'm not going oh, to I'm a little mm. nervous that that might be my team next year. Like, another year. And we like, do we just go all in now? It's like, uh, but then I kind of, you know, kind of feel what uh, Khalil saying. Maybe give my guy a little bit more experience. In the playoffs, I don't know. Um, I'll mix emotion with my guy, Sean. Don't ask me. But anyways, you got to give credit where credit is due. Again, to New England fighting hard. But hey, I don't know. I guess I don't know why they wanted it. They, they won this game, but they really shouldn't have. Um, you really should. You you don't want to lose if you're a player on the team. But if you're a fan, you're like, sheesh. Why are we winning this game? We need to lose this game to get a better pick. But hey, shit, shit happens in the NFL. So I get them play spoiler. They're playing spoiler now. They said, Denver, you're going to sit right next to us, too, when we go exactly. in the playoffs. And, and let's not forget, I mean, it's not too recent, but there were those couple of years where uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning were duking it out in the AFC playoffs. And so these oh, two, totally teams this two teams, that's crazy. Yeah, that's funny, yeah. Right? Yeah, Tom Brady used to play for the Patriots. Peyton Manning used to play for the Broncos. They were like, going we were at it. Really that was like a foregone conclusion. That was the AFC championship game, Denver, for a few years. Or, like, you know, they're yep. going to meet along the way. 
and and now we are a long ways from that. And the team that we have come to expect to be in the AFC Championship game every single season, known as the KC Invitational, apparently that may not be happening this year because Javon, the shocker of the weekend, nope. at least in my opinion, is the Raiders going to Kansas City and beating the Chiefs twenty to fourteen? Absolutely. Um, Raiders were plus four eighty before kickoff. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you would want four hundred and eighty smackaroos. Mm. Um, there's like an underlining beef between Mahomes and uh, Max Crosby. Apparently, um, they're always like talking shit to each other on the field, and um, it's been pretty consistent for the most part. Um, when Patrick Mahomes is leading. When when Patrick Mahomes is the leading rusher for the Chiefs, it starts to alarm me a little bit. Um, he yep. led their team with ten attempts and <laughs> put him in the backfield. Right, ten attempts for fifty three yards, um, threw for a touchdown, two hundred thirty, threw the ball forty four times, which is insane. Um, uh, just you know, they had, I mean, pretty much the same thing with the Niner game. It was turnovers for the Chiefs, um, except their turnovers turned into points pretty quickly uh he had the pick six and then they had the obviously the fumble that was recovered scooped and scored fumble six um for a touchdown as well so um o'connell you guys want to know aiden o'connell stats for the game nine for 21 and 62 yards Woo! sounds like a starting quarterback to me uh um basically the raiders were running the shit out of the ball with zamir white um, not even, not, the, I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, but the craziest thing about that is the NFL's leading rusher from 2022 wasn't even the Raiders leading rusher in this game. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, um, Josh Jacobs did not suit up in this game. I think it was, um, I don't know. He had an apparent injury. I'm not too sure what it was, but, um, Who the knows? key for this was, was the Raiders defense and, you know, Max Crosby was causing havoc back there. Um, Josh Jack is the one who had the pick six. Um, the guy that um, that uh, Antonio Pierce coached in high school, he was the guy that had the pick six. Um, but, I mean, the Raiders, man, the spread was 10 points. So a lot of people were hammering the Chiefs, Chiefs to win outright and the Chiefs to basically cover. Um, you know, Vegas, 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 man. And Vegas needed the Raiders to win, and they came to collect a Sunday morning, Christmas morning, very early. But Hire that, um, man. Hire that coach, uh, man. Antonio, you probably what the, the coach, what's the coach's name, Gary? Uh, I don't know. Vonda said it, but I forgot his name. But I watched the interview a few times, and I'm bad with names. Vonda, don't, don't Sean, don't ask me names. Just mess your name up. Antonio Pierce, basically, um, grew up a Raider fan. Antonio Pierce, league, yeah, <laughs> played in the league. He went. He was on that Giants right team that beat the undefeated uh, undefeated Patriots. I already mentioned that a couple. Of times I watched the interview, part, but um, I think. You know, when it kind of comes down to your guys play well for you and they're motivated, um, they're winning, I don't know if they need to necessarily hire Harbaugh. I feel like they could probably get some more help on the defense. just want to do splash plays. Stop doing splash shit, paying guys 10, yeah. 10 for 10 fucking years and fucking pay some guys to get the job done. I just think they need to just – I think they need a little bit more help on the defensive side of the ball, and obviously they need to upgrade a quarterback. Um, don't know. Didn't the do the same thing. The one like. that hired Josh McDonald's Vaughn, Josh McDaniel's Vaughn. Didn't they just hire the the the, uh, the interim coach before that? They great too, and they fired him too. Yeah, they tried to, yeah, they tried to 
they still had Carr in house, and but then they ended up going to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. They did, and um, yeah, they ended up that threw us in there to the Chargers. I remember that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like you know McDaniel's trying to do something similar to that by getting Jim Garoppolo, but you know he's a Patriot guy, former Patriot guy. You know they're all buddies, and that didn't really work out. They all failed. So um, I feel like with Pierce now, um, they have a little bit of an identity. I feel like the players love him, and hard nose. They, they need a quarterback, like a real quarterback. Not sure if they go in the draft or if they move. If they move up in the draft, they maybe try and get a guy, or do they go to free agency? They got some people on this team, man. I'm not gonna lie, Raiders got some good guys. You can go through some names. They got some good guys on both sides of the ball. So, like you said, Vaughn, they really need to do. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm scared for the Chiefs finally. I'm finally admitting it right now. It's been all year been riding with the baby goat. That they I still got them. I still got. I still got them. But I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. now because man, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Kelsey are not looking happy with these guys on the sidelines. Like, when are y'all gonna catch some balls? When are y'all gonna win some matchups? When are y'all gonna be on the same page as me? God damn it, sheesh. So we can go win this yeah. thing. Come on now. It's not like it's two versus two. It's 11 on 11. So the Chiefs might need the other nine guys to start contributing a little bit more if they want to get back thing, to the PC. They always say, oh, Tom Brady did with nothing, with something, with nothing, whatever. You know what I'm saying? He always had Gronk. Just like uh, Patrick Mahomes has uh, obviously Travis Kelsey. But they don't understand – they always played so great too because they had a lot of inside guys. They don't, you know, what I'm saying a lot of small, like Wes Welker, a uh, Julian Elman. Like they still had guys that people try to knock to this day, and who played great in great moments. And this team right here in Casey, if those guys are playing great, don't have to be great all the time. If everyone just played great in great moments, kind of like last year. I'm not gonna lie, y'all know we don't like Juju that much, but Juju played great in great moments. Kerida Tony played great in great moments. You know what I'm saying? So not you can play sure. great in great moments with. With uh, I know that he's been injured though, so I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, he hasn't been. Yeah, him and Rice too have been out of the lineup, things of that nature. If you can play great and great moments with a great quarterback, he's gonna give you those moments to have you know, you have to play great the whole game. I obviously would love it, but if you played some, if you stepped up in the moments when he needs you most, he's gonna give you that ball on the money and ready for the win and all the glory to go can go to you. That That's all I he, you know, all you gotta do is just get on the same page with one of the best quarterbacks ever. And win some of your matchups. Catch the ball when the ball comes to you because you all got the most drops. That is a stat that cannot be under the rug. You got the most drops. So it reminds me of LeBron. He passes the open three. I know y'all hate when I bring up LeBron, but LeBron passed the open three in the corner, and you know, goddamn, he's open, and it's a three-point shooter. Mr. Uh, a couple years ago in the bubble, but still they still won the championship. Mr. Danny Green, air ball from the wing three-pointer. I like you, my guy, but your air ball in the three-point corner in game one, I think it was, in the finals. LeBron, have you seen those main time? LeBron, Cam Reddish, I think, made one this year, but one time he missed the game before. Like, drive, kick out, wide open. The same thing like this. This is a drive, kick out, wide open to you, my man. Cast the ball, and when you got when you get the ball, and you can make some – this team can be looking totally different. The thing is, they're 10 and – 9 and 6, but easily a couple games can go the other way, and they'll be, everyone will be singing the praises of the Chiefs. So. I still believe in him, but he's got some big question marks, man. All right, Gary, we'll close this out for week 16 in the NFL because this is the one game we haven't talked about. The reason why we haven't talked about it is because our guy Kevin isn't here with us tonight. And so if Kevin was here, he would say that we saved the best for last as the Eagles defeated the Giants 33-25 to on Christmas. Oh, man, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. I guess you could be happy, Kev. Kev, I know you're never really happy. This is what you should have done. You know, you guys beat teams you're supposed to beat, so that's good this week. Even though 
you have lost a couple games this year. I think there was one game this year that they shouldn't have lost. That they yeah, the Jets. Lost. The Jets game, exactly. So that game was pretty much the only game this year that you – it's okay. You no, know, it's not. I mean, it's not okay that you didn't win. So you just did what you're supposed to do. Jalen Hurts, 301. Then, you know, they had the running game going with 170. Look at all the stats. You're seeing everyone getting off. The ball is being shared. Uh, still an interception by Jalen Hurts, which isn't good because he has had that big, uh, he's had that problem a little bit this year throughout the year. So I don't know, man. I kind of want Kaz or Kev to come on here. Like, is it uh, really back? Are you feeling confident on this? Like, I mean, you should be happy that you didn't lose, and you should be happy that I guess you handled business, even though it's still 25-33. was still kind of a kind of a close game. Not really, I'm not gonna lie, but it was a little bit of a close game. The score kind of didn't feel like it was that close if you're actually watching it. I feel like. But at the end of the day, a dub's a dub, a win's a win. They needed to win after a couple rough weeks. Uh, there was a, It would have been better in a dominant win, Kev. It would have been really great in a dominant win. It would have been really great if they would have, you know, put those guys on wax and call it, shipped them out the building, and then it would have been more a confidence booster going into the last few weeks of this regular season. But looking ahead real quick for the Eagles, who they got? They got Arizona. They got the Giants. Come out three and twelve and five and ten teams are playing. You're playing you just should, next couple weeks should be uh demolition. Simple. It should be a demolition. It should be this whole year they haven't had a killer game. Who what team did they kill this year? I guess Tampa, the Rams, I guess. These are like by 14, 14 to 20. Uh, you know, like I, I'm trying to look at who did they really demolish this year. Uh no, they got not Dallas, the 49ers. Man, I'll 40, tell you that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they uh, they they didn't beat Dallas either. So I'm looking like man, Kev, it's looking like a lot of team. We you know I'm going now. Obviously, we we went through each of these weeks together. I'm just re- recapping. This is the end of the year. It's a time where everything can be shoved aside if they can end the year strong, go on a hot streak. Obviously, winning these last two games can help you. Maybe still somehow. If, the Niners fumble up and lose a game somehow, some way to get the number mm-hmm. one seed and maybe still come to the link. But it's looking like you might take the show on the road. And you know what? If y'all really built for it and y'all been waiting to prove that you guys were the real deal last year, like you guys have been saying all year, and that you guys obviously have proven that you're not having a Super Bowl hangover in 11 and four, um, you're going to have to take the show on the road and uh, beat some teams here. So you might as well. Look dominant going into the playoffs. Gotta look dominant going to the playoffs. I think that's a key thing as an Eagles fan. I want to see if I was their fan, I would want to see obviously wins, but you want to see a certain type of brand of football. Back to Eagles football, I would say. I would say they would agree. I would hope they would agree that last few weeks have really been Eagles football in terms of dominating in a lot of aspects. So if they can get back to dominating in all the other aspects they were last year and they were at times this year. Um uh, I don't want to keep hearing, oh, when are we going to put a good thing? We haven't put a whole game together. We haven't put a whole game together. I've been, I remember I was hearing that this year. Time's are clicking. We need the whole game to come together very, very soon here, or it's going to be looking really bad, Kev. Just, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm rocking with the Eagles. I'm just making sure you put in the lip, you know, make sure you, time is time is ticking now. We need them to show up like last year. I called them out last year, and they showed up to the plate, and they made it happen. I'm calling them out this year because I believe they can make it happen, and they can go back to that team that we seen last year and make it to the bowl if they're hitting all cylinders right here in the last three games. Hopefully, can't watch this after the, the Kings win. Yeah, right now things aren't looking good for the Kings right now. The Kings are down 15 in Portland right now. It ain't looking good. Twitter is going nuts. Uh, X is going nuts. It's, right. it's in Portland. They probably got slept a little bit. 
Hey, Javon, real quickly before Jerry gets out of here, where does the NFC run through? Oh my Levi God. Stadium, sir. That's oh. yeah. Located in Santa Clara by way of the San Francisco 49ers. Final Before thought, Gary. Would you go this week, Sean? We was tied for the first place. I didn't see that. We was tied for the best record, you know. I fumbled up a couple weeks, started picking with my heart. Was like Vaughn, didn't know who was really playing a quarterback to the day before. I shouldn't have been. That's why I was waiting for my pick that really late Saturday because I was like, I got to see. I haven't had a chance to see who's playing this week. Last yeah, week, I literally Gary, picked Gary had this season around his picks because he was like, if this happens, then I pick this. Hey, but hey, I ain't like Jesus actually said fuck that he picked whoever I picked, so he didn't even go by the parentheses technically. So whatever was posted on that graphic is what I rocked with. It's 12 and 4 this week, Sean. 153 and 86, baby. What did you calculate, man? We tied on my no, head still. I, I, I didn't I didn't calculate. I think I calculated uh, the shit, man. I think you're down two games. I think I calculated uh, earlier. So oh, I was interested okay. last night. Oh, yeah, but sure I ain't lie. That messed up. Word, you Gary, I I DM'd you though. Who would you pick? You didn't put the picks in the chat, so I really don't know. I picked I picked the Eagles. It was a, it was an error on the graphic. I didn't want to bring that up, but I picked the Eagles. You picked the Eagles. Read, oh, read the text messages. Sure. Scroll back. Well, read the text right messages. I picked the Eagles. Oh, all right, I was making sure it's all good. Yeah. All right, yeah, I just want to yeah. make sure I'm so, still in first so place. Two games? Is it two games or is it one game? Because you know, hey, won, but I'm still sitting at first, baby. Still sitting on first. I mean, your calculations could be wrong because you know, Thotty, oh, I know you didn't long. pick the Steelers. That's for sure. Nah, all right, nah, I didn't. I you, you, we both lost in the Colts. I'm pretty sure that you didn't pick the Cardinals. You picked the Bears, I think. All right, Gary, we'll we'll, we'll circle back exactly. to this. We'll update. I'm telling we'll update you, bro, you, you, and I know you picked the Niners. I know you picked yeah, the Niners. I'm sure, so, I'm sure I don't the Ravens. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, Gary. It's cute that you wanted to to mention this and uh, that you wanted to go pick by pick between our two picks because Javon Gary's been running this pick'em league all season long only to choke at the end and Sean's about to go from last place. You to must first have got really hot. I had two bad weeks. Really, I'm looking at it. Just two I, bad. Weeks. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, going, last week was going four, eleven and five, five. going eleven and five every week. That's pretty good. I would say that's pretty good. Anyways, Week Gary, 14, I went we back. appreciate Five you. Ten. That was horrible. We appreciate you as always, oh, no. Gary. We're gonna get we're gonna get to some college football because you're admittedly not uh, much of a college football fan. So Javon and I, we're gonna preview the semifinals of the college football playoff, and uh, we will see you next time around. All right, y'all, man. Catch y'all next time. Appreciate y'all tuning in. That's our politics, and let's get it. Peace. Peace. There you go. I was I was waiting. I was waiting for the signature. We appreciate you, Gary. Uh, all right. So as Javon and I close things out here on episode number 70 of Stats Over Politics, Sean Holko alongside Javon Toddy, Gary Singh and Kevin Dent will be back again with us uh, for next Monday's episode, uh, I believe. Still coordinating that. Anyways, nevertheless, Javon, college football playoff semifinals are coming up. They are going to be next Monday. Right now, that what I just alluded to is right now we're 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 figuring out what time we're going to go live. We're going to go live next Monday on New Year's Day. But on New Year's Day is the semifinals of the college football playoff. Uh, real quickly, Javon, before we get into the individual matchups, what do you think about the change going from having the semifinals on New Year's Eve versus on New Year's Day? Because that kind of threw me off a little bit when I was looking at the schedule earlier. So uh, it's on New Year's Day, you know, or is it on New Year's Eve? 
No, yeah, it is on New Year's. It is on New Year's Day yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Um, kind of just getting weird, getting ready for um the twelve team playoff last year or next year. Um, mm-hmm. apparently there was supposed to be the twelve team playoff was supposed to start this year. Um, but there was, you know, Damn. some nicks and crannies that didn't get, you know, some some T's and I's didn't get dotted all the way um, by the committee as a whole. So they were just like, we're going to do it until next year. Um, but I mean, going off into the first game, uh, Bama versus Michigan, this is kind of the books have kind of been going back and forth. Um, I think it's it's basically a pick them for this game. Um, mm-hmm. The numbers as far as Michigan goes. um and points allowed, they're first in the country. Um, as far as just points scored, Michigan is 14th, Alabama is 19th. Um, pretty much their stats are the same. Just going um, total yards, pass yards, rush yards. Um, they're pretty similar going off to that. Um, but I think Alabama has a slight edge in this game. Um, just because of Jalen Milrow's ability to be as explosive as he as he is, and the explosive plays is going to be very very key for this um, Alabama team because Michigan does not give it; <laughs> they don't give up explosive plays at all. Um, they're one of the top defenses in the country, obviously, and um, Alabama kind of thrives off of that. Going back to the Georgia game and the SEC championship game, um, we saw a couple of explosive plays, but not very many um, from Jalen Milrow. Um, but I think what the key is for Alabama is to, you know, get Milrow definitely involved in the run game and be able to get um, be able to get their playmakers the ball on the outside with Jermaine Burton. And, you know, I feel like he's going to be a very key key piece in this game. And on the other side, with old Coach Harbaugh, Big Ten champs, um, they're going to be very they're going to be very run reliant. And I think in this game, I don't know if you're going to be able to run the ball on Alabama. Um, even though um, Michigan was able to run the ball pretty effectively on Ohio State, and Ohio State is one of the top rush defenses in the country. So if Michigan's going to be able to run the football as well as they have been pretty much all season, then it's going to be tough for Alabama to let alone be able to keep their offense on the field because Michigan's going to be draining the clock the majority of the game. Um, I think if J.J. McCarthy – if you get him a little bit more involved in the pass game, you know, kind of set up the play action a little bit, um, then they, he's more than capable of being a passer. He just hasn't really had to pass the ball as much because you got guys like um, you got guys like Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum back there um, running over everybody pretty much. So I think it's going to be the tale of two two teams because I think two both teams play kind of their polar opposites as far as styles of play go. So um, this is going to be an all-time great matchup. Um, I kind of wish this was the night game and the Texas game was first, but um, nevertheless, can't be mad at the matchup, but I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I will have my pick, you know. Mm, these, these, are, these are going to be hotline picks. These Both of these games will definitely be on the hotline, so stay tuned on who I will be kind of picking for that game, but these games are Friday's episode be locked in. So um, can't wait for it. Well, let's hear some analysis on, on the Texas versus Washington game as well, because I will be making my picks. And just for everyone to know, 
I really rely on Toddy when it comes to college football because these last couple of years, I haven't been as locked into college football as I once was. I'm, I consider myself much more of a fan than an expert when it comes to college football nowadays. Like I'm going to rock with my Buckeyes, my Cardinal, and my Hornets. And then after that, you know, I'm going to casually watch. And so I, just for the record, I will be making my picks from a fan perspective. That's very important. Uh, but, you know, Toddy, you are our expert. So let, let's hear a little bit more about Texas and Washington. So kind of polar opposite in styles of play. These dudes in Texas and Washington, they put up points. Uh, um, I believe when the line first came out, I was on Twitter just ranting about, you know, college football playoff and the four best teams. I thought the committee kind of ended up getting it right because, you know, Florida State obviously didn't end up getting in being that, you know, they were undefeated, they won their conference, but they weren't one of the four best teams in my opinion. And I feel like that's kind of what the committee was going over. If they would have played, if they were to play in one of these games, they would be dogs by at least two touchdowns. And I don't think the TV networks, um, the committee doesn't want to see a repeat of, you know, um, a couple of years ago when Washington was in it, when they played against Alabama. Um, with Shout out Jake Browning. When they played against Alabama and ultimately the national championship when TCU got in. But TCU was pretty much deserving to get in. They got to the national championship. Um, but they got blown out. <laughs> it was like the worst blowout in the history. So um, I'm just going to go off quarterbacks. Michael Penix has been a dog the entire season, Heisman finalist. A lot of people were kind of considering. I think he came in second, if I'm not mistaken, on just finalist period. Um, I believe Quinn Ewers. He would have definitely been a finalist if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I feel like his numbers didn't really um, add up to par of what every like the Jaden Daniels, um, you know, like the Michael Penixes, the Bo Nicks of the world, those guys, um, because, you know, Quinn Ewers missed uh, a good chunk of the season. And if it weren't due to the quarterback depth that Texas already had and having Malik Murphy being able to kind of pull wins out of his ass, uh, Texas might not even be playing in this game. Um, if I weren't from Malik, um, Malik Murphy, who did end up transferring to Duke, um, not too like a few days ago, to be honest. Um, but just going back to this game, the point total is 63 and a half. So um, Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Um, on Texas, you have guys like um, um, Xavier Worthy, who's going to be one of the top receivers to come out of this year's draft. He is draft eligible. And you have a guy in um, A.B. Mitchell who I believe in next year's draft will definitely be one of the top receivers to come out. Cause I don't believe he's both. Um, he's not um, NFL. Like he's not draft eligible, but I think he is the better of the two and worthy. And in A.B. Mitchell, I think Mitchell is probably the better of the two. And Quinn Ewers is going to be slinging the pillow around uh, Texas's defense is uh, their run defense is top five in the nation. Um, so I think that's really doesn't matter too much to Washington cause they don't run the ball that much anyway. Um, but it's going to, it's going to rely, this is going to rely heavily on, um, Washington, Michael Penix. On the other hand, you have a guy in Roma Dunze, who is the top three receivers in, 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 as far as coming to me, I think it's Malik neighbors. I think it's, um, Marvin Harrison jr. Um, I tweeted on, uh, a few days ago that Malik neighbors is better than Marvin Harrison jr. People might come from my head for that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and the third receiver is is Roma Dunze. I think he's that freaking good. Like the the Chiefs could use Roma Dunze right now, <laughs> like on how bad the 
the how abysmal the the past offense has looked for the Chiefs, they could use a guy like Roman Dusan. Um, I think the uh, and I forget I'm kind of blanking on the other receiver's name, um, but the guys on the outside, it's basically going to be the difference um, in this game. And right now, Texas is favored by four points. They're minus one eighty on the money line. I think Texas is basically going to make you know. Washington throws the ball because Washington's not going to be able to run on Texas. And so it's just, you're going to see probably Penix throw for 30 times, 40 times this game. So it's going to be fairly high scoring. It's going to be, it probably might be the more exciting game, if that makes sense, because there's going to be a lot of passing involved, um, air yards, things of that nature. So I get why this could be the night game, but I feel like, you know, Bama and, uh, Bama and Michigan, you know, you got Harbaugh and Saban, one of, you know, best coaches in college football, period. Um, probably should be the night game, but that's neither here nor there. But um, this is going to be a game where I think it's – I don't think it's going to come down to the last possession. I think the second half is going to be a big deal because you could – I see a Texas kind of jumping out to a lead early and – um. Washington probably responds. It won't be um, until later in the game. Like we saw Washington kind of come out and punch Oregon in the mouth in the Pac-12 championship game, the last Pac-12 championship ever. Um, and then Oregon, and then Oregon kind of came back roaring a little bit, but Washington um, ended up kind of uh, cementing their place uh, as the Pac-12 title holders for the final year. But um, I don't. I feel like if Texas gets out to a lead, it's going to be hard for Washington to kind of like crawl out of that hole, if that makes sense. Um, because I feel like Texas can kind of score at will. We saw that in their Big 12 championship game, which they are now leaving and going to the SEC now. Um, just putting up, I think it was 49, 45 or 49 points, put up a bunch of big numbers. They kind of had to, to, you know, create some style points to get into the college football playoff. But um, they're here now, and this game is going to be – Pretty close, but stay tuned for Friday. Well, you'll have my official pick. Um, but these games couldn't—I couldn't ask for any better college football matchups. Yeah, and that—that that was a hell of a tease by you right there. And you know, I think it's kind of appropriate that the college football playoff. This is the last year of the Final Four because it has now been going on for ten years since we left the BCS format. I yeah. know, right? T- time has flown by. It truly feels like yesterday <clears throat> that I was at my grandpa's house watching Ohio State win the first college football playoff. Um, and right. it was special for me just because my grandpa went to Ohio State, and that's why I became an Ohio State fan. Um, and so, you know, OHIO, baby. And so time has just flown by, but I think it's very appropriate. And I think back to the first college football playoff in 2014. You had number one Alabama. You had number four, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I don't think a number four has ever beaten a number one since that happened. Fact check me, Javon. You might be able to fact check me just off the dome, but I'm That's the last one I can remember, yeah. Yeah, so one and only. The first playoff was the only time that a four has beaten a one, and I'm here to tell you it's about to happen again because – Alabama, they aren't a normal number four seed. Like Jay, or Javon said, it is a pickup. And, you know, I really like Jalen Milrow. 
he is just talented. And, you know, I don't really understand why it took Nick Saban as long as it did to finally choose him as the starting quarterback because earlier this season they were flip-flopping back around um, between between quarterbacks, you know, but they, they eventually landed on Jalen. And, uh, yeah, I, I – and, again, this is why I prefaced everything, all of my picks, by saying I am making this pick as a fan. And as an Ohio State fan, there's no way in hell am I going to pick that team up north. I'm not even going to name them. That's the last that you heard me name them. Alabama is about to knock off the number one seed. They're going to advance to the college football playoff championship. Coming from Ohio League. State fan, guys. It's coming from an Ohio State <laughs> fan. But, Javon, like you said, though, it's a pick em, So it, it truly is kind of a toss-up. Then that brings me to the other game. You get Texas, led by Quinn Ewers, who started his career at the Ohio State University. He really just used the Buckeyes for We're NIL. Yeah, and what happened is is basically Ohio had approved for student-athletes to get NIL money before Texas did it. And so even though he is from Texas, wanted to go to Texas all along, he took a pit stop in Ohio, got himself a really nice car, a couple of good NIL sponsorships, and props to you, Quinn Ewers. Um, and so y'all there's that. Y'all have been playing in the college football playoff right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder because what is Kyle McCord? He's worse than mid. That's that's what he is. Hey, I was about to say he is a Syracuse quarterback right now. Um, And so that then that takes me to Washington. You have a coach in Kalen DeBoer who has come in and he turned around the program last year. I think they were like 11 and two last year. And then now they are whatever they are. What is it like 12 and 13 and 0 and they have dominate and the crazy thing about this season Javon and like I I get that I'm talking about this from a casual fan perspective but the Pac-12 has been looked down upon for years and years and years and of course the last year that it even exists was the best year of the Pac-12 in a very long time in Washington they ran that conference and so I'm very high on Washington, and I love the connection between Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr. because DeBoer used to be a coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Indiana, and that's where he met Michael Penix Jr. During Michael Penix's time at Indiana, he tore his ACL in his right knee twice, and then he still had a coach believe in him on a Power 5 level and Kalen DeBoer and said, come transfer to Washington. I want you to be my starting quarterback. And then he finished as a Heisman finalist. And so I just love the connection between them two. And to me, uh, it's kind of a pick as well. Like you said, the playmakers for Texas could really make a difference in this game. But I'm going to go with Washington. I, I'm going to say that Washington survives and is undefeated going into the national championship game. And plus 150. Plus 150. Ooh, I like that. I like that number. And for our audio-only listeners, please forgive me as I ponder who I'm going to pick in the final because I know that we're previewing the semifinal, but before the whole thing starts, I figure I might as well just give my pick for the champion as well. So everyone bear with me real quickly while I just take about five seconds to think about my decision. Oh, my God. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Okay, well, so Javon's reaction was because I'm I'm sipping out of a Washington mug. And the reason why I have this UW mug, it's a little scratched up. It's okay. The reason why I have this UW mug is because my friend and my friend Matthew and I we we took a trip up to Seattle a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I remember that. 
the WNBA yeah. had to go see Sue Bird before she retired. But before our trip came to a close, right before we got on a plane back to Sacramento, we decided to go to UW and check out a football game. It was their season opener, Javon. And they I, lost to Montana. UW lost to Montana, who's in the FCS. Like, they were that bad just a couple years ago. Kalen DeBoer has come in. He's turned this program around. He turned a guy in Michael Penix, who probably wasn't even going to be an NFL draft pick. Now he has made him a guaranteed NFL draft pick, potentially a first-round pick with how much people love quarterbacks and need quarterbacks. And so you know what? All bias aside, no bias aside, I'm picking the Huskies. Go UW. Go Washington. And, uh, you know, I'm an oh, I'm a Stanford fan, but, you know, just ever since I got this mug, and I got this mug as a souvenir of, of my trip. Yeah, it's, it's the UW mug. And so, anyways... I'm going with the Huskies. You know, uh, I don't really have much to base my picks off of other than bias. And so I'm going with the Huskies. Khalil is going with Bama versus Texas in the final. And Khalil's picking Bama to win it all. So, Javon, we will wait until Friday's episode of Stats Over Politics, episode number 71, Friday at 7.30 p.m. for everyone to tune in here on YouTube, on Instagram Live, and on X, so then everyone can hear Jalen or Javon. I got Jalen Milrow in my head now. I apologize, but everyone can hear Javon. Heisman, early, very early Heisman candidate. Mm. Mm, I like that. You know that that's that's honestly a really good prediction. Um, and so everyone can wait until Friday for Javon's educated picks that are based on much more than what I just made my picks off of. My, my picks was just personal bias, honestly, at the end of the day. It is what it is. But this has been Stats Over Politics. Usually I side with Stats Over Politics, but Javon, I'm full on politicking to end this episode. So this is what it is. I'm politicking. I'm potting. That's going to do it for another week, another episode of Stats Over Politics. For our guys, Kevin Denton, Gary Singh, and my guy, Javon Toddy, right next to me. I'm Sean Holko. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to give us a like on YouTube. It really helps us a lot. And if you enjoy the show, hit subscribe to get notifications when we go live. You can follow us on Instagram and tech, TikTok at Stats Over Politics and on X at Stats or Politics. See all the great content that Kevin's putting out there every week. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on all podcast platforms. And if you're enjoying the show, give us those five stars. We'd really appreciate it. As you guys have been tuned in to the 70th episode, if I can even talk anymore, the 70th episode of Stats Over Politics. We appreciate you all. For Kevin Dent, Gary Singh, Javon Toddy, I'm Sean Holko. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on Friday for another episode of Stats Over Politics. Peace. Peace.